My life was not the same when Jamie was taken from me. A pity. She could have been like you. You see, baby? They don't want to play with you. They ain't nothing but a bunch of naughty little children. Thought that was never going to end. Inception. <laughs> like I kept like walking, getting my face closer to the mic, and the scream kept going. So I'd kind of sit back dismissively and like, okay, here it comes. Nope. I didn't want to cut off any of that kick-ass scream at the end. It was a great scream. Welcome everybody to episode fifty-three of Schlocker Night, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of films, including slayful slasher seasonal flicks featuring a killer with some serious mommy issues. Blah, 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 blah. That was crazy, right? That was not bad. You can check out steve52.com for previous episodes and links to support the podcast. This is not going well. I'm Doc. I'm joined by the only person in the world who knows my safe word, Steve. And now, on to the show. Man, is this going to be a one-taker, or are we going to have to do like a bunch of them? All right, let's just keep that one. Whatever. Okay, I'm with it. Are you down with that? I am down. People can see my flaws. I think some of our, which, t- our outtakes are some of our best intros. Probably not, but anyway, <laughs> I noticed like the other day I was talking about a uh, TriStar. Did, did I catch up everybody up on that one? Where I screwed up on that one, where I said like HBO, CBS, and whatever merged, and I said, well, CBS would get the TV rights, and then CBS would have the cable rights too. I totally got them screwed up. So I meant HBO would have cable rights, and CBS would have the television rights. So I'm Dude, sorry about that. A everybody. minor flaw in three hours of straight talking, if you ask me. I know. <laughs> sorry, internet world. Yeah. I try hard though. Yeah. To bring the news that nobody needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking about 2015's All Through the House. This was uh, actually a recommendal. Isn't that what you call them? Recommendal. A recommendal, recommendal from the uh, fellas uh, in the band From the Pub to the Graveyard. They sent me a quick message and said this was one we should check out. And we did. Yes, thanks for the recommendal. And did you notice a couple places it's listed as 2016, not 2015? I did. I wonder if you have like the date it was made, the date it was released, or the date of distribution. I don't know, but I like my notes to be efficient, and that totally throws me off because I kept changing it, and I'd change it back. Well, we'll just say it came out in 2015 or 2016, but fear not because you can watch it right now, right meow, on Amazon Prime. Dude, and Amazon Prime just released their upcoming list for January 1st. They are Amazon Prime is killing it for low-budget, independent, and straight schlock movies man they are killing it dude they have got some really great straight to dvd or straight to vhs even stuff that i thought in a million years i would never see see on a streaming service yeah not not only that stuff i've seen like american ninja and a bunch of the stuff i love is coming out uh, next (laughs) month too i saw something super weird they had like um tv game shows from 67 and 68 like double dare or something like two seasons that's awesome man just why not just watch some old game shows enjoy yourself when they all smoke on uh, on set, those are the ones I like. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, to tell the truth, and everybody's smoking a pipe or a cigarette and one of those little tube things. Yeah, they got those big abalone shell ashtrays on like uh, the match game in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need the uh, haze machines because the whole place is you know filled with smoke. Yeah, it's got a nice it's ni- a nice sheen of uh, mist across the whole screen. Everybody's breath smells of scotch and rich mahogany. You think the corners of the lenses of the cameras are all like tobacco brown stained, and they have to just clean that off before each time like rubbing alcohol to get it all over there 
Oh, God. So anyway, this movie is an hour and 28 minutes. Uh, it actually premiered October 31st, 2015 at the RIP Film Festival in Hollywood, where it quickly won Best Slasher, Editing, and um, uh, Audience Choice Award. Cool, man. Which Good is not them. bad for your premiere, right? I think that's great. It's got an AKA title. Do you know what that is? I do not. Uh, the alias of this film is Santa's Knocking. I think all through the house is probably the way to go. Way that. better. Yeah. Good job. Congratulations on the uh, marketing department or the director, whoever came up with that. Yeah. Ready for the um, tagline game? Yes, please. I know these are failing miserably, but no, I'm not going to give up on I'm them. having fun with them, man. <sighs> You've not been cheating. You haven't been checking IMDb. Like nope. When you know there's going to be a tagline game, you don't look it up, right? That is zero fun for me. Absolutely not. Never do that. Okay. <clears throat> there is a creature stalking. Dot, dot, dot. IMDb? Oh, wait, did I say stalking? Yeah. Uh, rewind that. Okay. Let's try it again. <clears throat> okay. There is a creature stirring. Dot, dot, dot. Everything's stirring, not even a mouse. Uh, I'll still say IMDb. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, here's mine. Oh, wait, I just gave it up. Shit. Um, <laughs> There is a nightmare walking, psychopath talking, Chris, Chris last name of Kringle, just a slasher stalking. Is that like the color soundtrack? <laughs> Did you just rap the color soundtrack? There is a nightmare walking, psychopath talking, Chris last name of Kringle, just a slasher stalking. You're the weird Al of Schlockernaut. <laughs> oh, he's way better than I am. Sorry, I just uh, myself out of my comfort zone there. pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody, for that. Uh, this movie was directed by Todd Nunez. This is my first foray into Todd Nunez territory. Have you ever seen any of his movies? No, sir. Uh, he did one called Scary Larry, and he's got one called Wander Tales set for 2019 to be released. Uh, it was starring Jessica Cameron. Cam- God dang. Nice. Jessica Cameron, Ashley Mary Nunez, Melinda Kierling, and Nat- Natalie Montera. Uh, Lido Velasco stars as the killer. Among others, there are some cool bit parts I thought in here too. No, oh, absolutely. Yep. Tons of fun to be had. Why can't I? Why, why don't I keep screwing up people's names recently? You getting tongue tied? You think maybe it's a like a tumor or something? I would. Like when I read my notes, everything comes out backwards. <laughs> I would guess it's more like spending too long in Tennessee for your vacation. You come back with like the ultra twang, and it's just messing up. You're trying to read it right. Like howdy y'all! I just forget to talk. How howdy to talk y'all! Welcome stuff. to Schlockernot. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's uh, get the spoiler warning out of the way. You want to do fake sponsors first? Um, let's do fake sponsor. Go ahead. You first. Okay, my fake sponsor is Santa's Holiday Hedge Pruning Shears. Great for trimming your branch. Nice one. Um, a little bit too close to home for me, okay. but I'm happy with yours. Mine is St. Nick Surgical Circumcision Shears. Oh, shit. We did the same. Yep. God damn it. Dang it, man. That's how I know uh, that we got the right two guys to do the show. <laughs> All right, you ready? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let's go. I'm glad we're giving people variety, too. Yeah, two for different reals. <laughs> Two different voices here. What's going on with Nobody. Oh, Blackernet. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, Come on, skipping. Again, let me just thank the guys from uh, from the Pub of the Graveyard for this recommendal. Really Thanks, fellas. 
All right, dude. So this is a Gravitas Ventures film, which I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they have a plethora of genre and cult film releases. Uh, they have documentaries. Um, they even have some like some of those Hallmark type films, like Christmassy type Hallmark things I that I never about, watched, but I, my wife loves them. I almost pulled up a, a Hallmark Christmas movie generator and did like an, a Mad Libs with you for the trivia, where you could pick the three things and it would turn out to be a perfect Christmas uh, holiday movie. Why didn't you do that? That sounds like so much fun. I, Can I'd we still to, pull it up? It would have to. It would be too much work, so I didn't. <laughs> You're just like, no. oh, oh, hold on a second. I got a text. Uh, well, shrimp and dicks, that's a tender situation. That's your text? Yep. All right. All right. So this shows how uh, funny yeah. and weird and strange our friends and listeners are. Yeah. So um, so this one begins with like the title in blood red on a black uh, background. It's got an ominous score, which I thought the score in this movie was really great. I did research to see who did it, but it added the perfect tone. Um, not not as much Christmas music in this one, though, I noticed. Did no. you catch that, too? Yeah, not as much Christmas music, but I did like the score. I thought it was good. So, what family do you think puts out a mannequin, Santa Claus, that looks like that in their front yard? Dude, my first note on my paper, under All Through the House with an Underline, is that is totally the type of creepy Santa that Doc would put in front of his house for Christmas. <laughs> so That's, my first note. That's my first <laughs> note, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I, I'm like at at odds. Like who would do such a thing? And it's me. Like who has the weird friend? Right. I mean, thank goodness we don't have a group of weird friend. You know, with like yeah. one weird friend that would put some. Oh wait. Right. Um. So at this point, you get some jerk kids peer pressuring young Timmy or Billy or Johnny or Todd or whatever to throw rocks at this poor thing, and um, you know he's trying to be a respectful young man. Like what if I knock out the window? They're like fuck that shit. <laughs> which I thought was like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, but he throws the rock at the uh, mannequin dummy thing anyway, and it knocks the mask off. And what's underneath it was even more terrifying than the mask itself. Yeah, it was like one of those straw men, um, scarecrow type It's like a burlap things. sack mummy. Yeah. And it was a hideous mask. It's a Santa all dressed up in a Santa suit with just this weird, almost a goblin, uh, I'd say a goblin type mask. It's like a regular Santa mask that they've spray painted silver and gray and black maybe yeah this is pretty cool with like really off like this crazy off-white long hair and beard um i think at one at one point i actually put it in my notes kind of looks like maybe if drew marvick had had a rough night out partying or something <laughs> nice, kind of looks like that mask or whatever if you had a bad case uh, of um skin rot yeah yes zombie drew um i will agree though that if you're normal kids um, they would probably assume that something that terrifying looking needs to be rocked or pummeled with a stick or something uh, just to get it off the, the lawn and out of your neighborhood. Yeah, this is a normal Santa decoration. So um, it's really eerie. Anyway, um, so they do that. They run away when they see what's underneath the, the, the mask. And um, I thought it was perfect because the mask, when it fell off the dummy, landed right on a set of red Christmas light bulbs. Yes. So it was like a hellish fire burning from the eyes, yep. which just so happened to catch somebody who either has terrible hemorrhoids or has to shit <laughs> because that gate was just awkward and off and weird. <laughs> Dude, that was obviously gout foot. That was Aaron strolling up through that, <laughs> through that grass to, to, to pick up that mask. Yeah. He traipses up on the lawn. Uh, when he picks up the mask, he also has to pick up one other accoutrement, um, the killer's weapon of choice in this movie for most of the kills, not all of them. Uh, printing shears. Right. 
which I haven't seen a whole lot of that. There have been some movies I have seen that have pruning sheer, sheer kills, but I thought they were pretty imaginative, pretty creative with what they did with those little little tools. Yeah, because they didn't recycle the same, not the exact same effect over and over. Uh, they actually did something cool with it, you know, up, upwards, downwards, middle, back. Uh, they did a good job with the shears, I thought. Chopping, whacking, slashing, right. stabbing, impaling. Yeah. yeah, they did everything, man. Um, and it's just a very versatile weapon anyway. It is. You can it's terrifying. people to death. You can um, hit them over the head like a club. You can stick it in their eye sockets, eye holes, whatever. Yeah. The sky's the limit. Yeah, those, that's the type of tool that I don't even try to use because I'm afraid I'll hurt myself with it. So that's how dangerous it is to me. <laughs> I'd love to see you, like when you were trimming Will's bushes or whatever, and you fell off. <laughs> it was my own Did bushes. You a chainsaw? Oh, Will's bushes. My own bushes. What's that? It was my you own bushes. You said you were at Will's house and you fell off. No, it was my own backyard when I fell. You don't trim other people's bush? No, it sounds horrible when you put it like that, too. It sounds <laughs> terrible. I'm being totally serious. I mean, <laughs> No, I did. I took, anyway. a, I took a nasty header, though. I was using some electric uh, prunings, and I was standing up on a little, um, you know how you can do a tiered garden like with those cobblestones in your backyard? And uh, it, when I fell, I fell down hard, and I almost uh, cut through the wire itself. But I came down, I got my elbow and my hand and my knee, and it, it was gnarly, dude. Did anybody come out and laugh at you heartily? No, and if someone would have seen it, you know, cool, because then at least someone could have enjoyed it, but no one enjoyed this fall, but it was... <laughs> they all missed it. <laughs> it was crap. They were like, oh, I... Almost killed myself for nothing. I bet my neighbor's no, camera probably caught it, and they, they're laughing. They made a gif <laughs> out of it. Yeah, <laughs> they're laughing at it nightly. Um, it's kind of like when your dad was out there waiting for the uh, hilarity to ensue when we were up there. You were up there spraying out that wasp nest at your kid's <laughs> birthday party. <laughs> like, I think everybody inside came outside just to watch you do that. It's a highlight of the party. And they're like, oh, this is going to get good. What toddler party isn't really complete good. without a humongous wasp nest getting... <laughs> It's like a wasp nest pinata, and you're the only player of the game. Yeah. See what happens here. Uh, so, um, did you automatically pick up too that he's probably like some sort of escape mental patient? Uh, yeah, like that. I did by the uh, he was kind of wearing scrub type pants, so I did kind of catch that. Okay, good. I wasn't the only one who's already kind of starting to think that. Plus, well, I mean, barefoot what kind of slasher killer isn't a mental patient, right? Also, barefoot in normal. winter, you know, like walking around, it's, there's something wrong to begin with. I do that from time to time when I go let my dog out, and then I immediately regret it. Yeah. Because I'm like doing the hot lava dance, but it's because my feet are freezing. Yeah. So then it cuts to a woman, Jessica Cameron, who's asleep in bed with a small child. Um, and the small child, now I'm going to screw this up, is awoken by the sound of knocking? No, I think you're okay there. Is it awake? Has been woke. Awoke? <laughs> yeah. Awakened? However that is. <laughs> it just confused me. When I was writing that down, I was like, did I do that right? I mean, how many different ways have I seen it written? For, anyway. I'd probably do it wrong and just say the kid waked up, which I know was wrong, but that's probably he got woke. Yeah. He got woke. <laughs> he got um, woke. The child uh, basically goes out to investigate the noise, which I've noticed everybody in this movie is very... Um, um, Inqui- inquisitive, inquisitive. Um, they're driven to find out the source of noises. Um, sometimes there are no noises. It's just like, um, if I came in the house and, and Steve wasn't here anymore, um, I would just say, well, Steve probably just left because it sucks at my house. But though no, they would walk around for seemingly hours just calling their name. Right. right. I mean, classic horror movie stuff. People investigate the, the noise, you know, but I'm just trying to give this to people so they know that this is exactly what you're wanting from a slasher flick. Yes. Right. This is exactly what you're getting. Classic 
slasher scenarios. I'll say it early. This is a total popcorn flick. This is sit down, have fun with it. Don't you know? Park your brain at the door. Have a good time. Laugh and uh, get a be bunch done. of friends together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Talk about size, if you will. Sure. Because I have some some questions about that later. Okay. Um, did you notice the shirt too? That was a badass little Christmas shirt. I didn't. What was it? It said "Stay Jolly, My Friends" with Santa on the front. Ah, that's cool, man. Yeah. So uh, he basically sees that creepy killer Santa outside, and instead of being terrified immediately, it's like nobody realized the mask was all jacked up. Uh, everybody would see it and just kind of like, "Oh, hey, Santa, Santa, there's Santa." Santa. <laughs> He's super giddy. Um, he basically that scene where he's like on his tippy toes trying to unlock the chain to get the door open. That really had me kind of on edge, man. That was tenseful. Yeah, they had a I couple good moments. Full of I tension, thought. I should say, not tenseful. I didn't want. I didn't want that little kid to die. He was cool. Tensored. You were tensored. Tensored. Yeah, it was a uh, filled with tense. Can we just jack every <laughs> adjective in this whole show up? We're just gonna jack it up. We're gonna make up our own right. schlock or not adjectives. Yep. Um. So at this point. Sheila, who's played by Jessica Cameron, uh, jolts awake with a gasp, and she starts searching for the boy. And uh, which I found out later, the boy's name was uh, Jacob, and he was played by a child by the name of uh, Justice Lee, who was also in um, Nunez's other film, Scary Larry. And uh, Scream Queen Jessica Cameron. This is her first. Uh, her first credit in a movie was from uh, 2008, and she has done a terrific bit of genre fare, man. Camel Spiders, Halloween, Silent Night, which I think, I'm pretty sure is the Silent Night, Deadly Night remake. Um, Truth or Dare, she also directed, um, which she also directed that in the movie we saw at the Las Vegas uh, horror, or Sin City Horror Festival, Mania, which is literally like a, um, a unique take on a serial killer slash road film. Was I there for that? I think you were not. Yeah, that doesn't sound I did, familiar. I think I saw it with Dave. Okay. I'm pretty sure Dave was there with me. Okay. Um, and she's got a, a show called The Scream Queen Stream, which is really successful. Um, so she's got a lot going on for her, man. She's very entrenched in the horror cult genre. Yeah, when I looked her up, I noticed she looks like she's into a lot of the same stuff we are. Absolutely. And according to what she told me, because I got an actual message from her for the show, um, even Todd Nunez is, is a genre nerd just like us, too. So that makes sense. Yeah. It was in capable hands. <clears throat> uh, she discovers that the door to the house is wide open, but Jacob is fast asleep on the couch. Um, but she does have an uninvited guest in her home and the sudden urge to shower. <laughs> Something seems wrong here. Let me get in the shower quick. I can't be unclean. Um, <laughs> even though I was just awake, awoken. Sure. Waked up. Sure. <laughs> So, um, at this point, we all know what's going to happen. She gets in the shower. She's immediately startled by the killer. Um, no, it's her no. boyfriend. Uh, horny husband, boyfriend, booty call. I don't, they never told the relationship between, I never even caught his name. Did you? I didn't, but I'd assume that's her, um, yeah, it's, I would guess it's the dad of the kid because the kid looked mixed. So, I would think that's right. So, kid, yeah. uh, but I, I'm sure, but I mean, they never stated like he came home from work or he was no. in watching TV and, um. But they have some really, some really fun, sexy talk that uh, basically just uh, roughly translated means uh, go fluff yourself up for some of the old in out in out. Right. That, that was I thought that was kind of a lot of pressure to put on a fellow man to just like, I know, uh, like, <laughs> like you're not going to see these until down there is happy. And so I, I really like the fact that he's like the motivational speaker um, while he's violently attacking his Johnson. He's kind of <laughs> giving himself a motivating, like rousing. 
battlefield speech or like a team to win the big game type speech. Like it was good. So he I mean, was that like, guy. he was like a drill sergeant punishing the unit. Would you say? <laughs> yes. It's for you, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, I hope he won something for that role, man, because he was fully <laughs> committed to this production. Uh, his confidence levels are maxed out because right. I could never, ever in a million years pull something like that off. And it didn't bother you at all that they went through all that and he's doing that with like the kid asleep on the couch right there. Oh, I know. Like talking about all the uh, <laughs> <clears throat> he's about to get and he's going to slap that. <clears throat> and there's a, you know, a 10 year old, eight year old sleeping on the couch. Doors right wide outside. open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I just came in to see where my, oh my God. Yeah. Talk about ruining a child's Christmas, dude, right there. <laughs> So anyway, um, while he's giving his Peter a pep talk, uh, Sheila is being penetrated by someone else in the bathroom. <laughs> nice, dude. Because <laughs> basically he punches her in her areola with a um, that pair of pruning shoes. And I thought that was kind of a neat effect, dude. I thought it was super cool. I actually rewound that a couple times just because I was looking for like where the latex, besides looking for boobs, I was looking for like, you know, where the latex attached or anything like that. It looked really great. It looked cool. And even it seemed like when they pulled it out, it was like a seamless practical effect shot where yeah. it actually like came out yeah it was really good yeah uh the blood is flowing voluminously and i'm happy with it and i think he, he does one shot to the nipple and then he does a shot to the eyes after that was that what it Hits was both of her oculars yeah. ocular holes now she was nice enough i asked her for a, a, some some behind the scenes uh information about the uh the making of the movie and she was kind enough to send us a message so could i read that real fast yeah i have the audio you want it yeah you got something wrong with your nipples? <laughs> That's not it. Okay. Um, she goes, um, originally my character was supposed to die with her throat slashed in the shower, but after working with the team, I knew that they were awesome, talented, and I was totally comfortable with them. So I spoke with Todd, who also is a complete genre nerd like me, about doing something I had never done before. I mean, I die all the time. Um, when you have talented effects artists, let's put them to use. Smiley face, which I thought was really cool, right? Super cool, yeah. Um, so that's how they came up with her new death scene uh, that came to be what we saw on the screen. Dude, and I'll tell you what, a kick-ass shower, shower death scene in the first, like, five minutes of the film, I'm already in. At this point, I am Yes, in, dude. dude. Yeah. Absolutely. And how brave so, are people to do that, man? I just, I don't have that enough confidence in myself to do something like that. To do what? To, to put myself in a shower, like in oh, film. Dude, you can't, I, I couldn't. Like, do I'm it. watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and Larry David's in the shower, and he's like, he's older than most people, um, and I'm just like, man, good for him, dude. Yeah, it, it blows me away when people are down like that. The uh, the killer at this point, uh, he he's played by a, a gentleman by the name of Lito Velasco, um, which you're going to find this interesting. He was co-producer of the Never Sleep Again. Um, the Elm Street Legacy documentary. Oh, neat, dude. Good for him. And you liked that one, right? I absolutely did, yes. And he also associate produced uh, Scream, the Inside Story, which was the the story of basically the making of the movie Scream. That's really, so he's he's a dude kind of like us that really wants to get behind the scenes and, and see, you know, how the, how the sausage was made. He's just like us, but more talented and more driven. And, yes. And, and motivated and doing things. So nothing like us at all. <laughs> uh, we sit here and talk about their work while they actually go out and do work. And do work, right. Right. So uh, he's a huge friend of horror because he also wrote the song Soul Desire for the documentary You're So Cool, Brewster, The Story of Friday Night. Oh, nice, dude. Wow. I mean, dude, he's, you know, completely involved in all aspects of this, which, I mean, look at who we've got so far. We've got Jessica Cameron, who's directed, acted, um, created podcasts and, and streams. Uh, you've got Lido Velasco, who's 
um, acted as a killer, the main killer in a movie, uh, wrote songs for movies, co-produced, associate produced. So there's a lot, and, you know, there's a lot just happening here. A lot of talent brought to the table. Yes, which shows completely. Um, uh, the killer clause basically moves on to his next victim, who is is he is he hypnotized by his aroused genitalia? <laughs> Because like when he turns around, he's got his eyes closed, and I thought that's the only reason he wanted he he wanted to see those things. I thought it was a concentration. He was really concentrating to keep that momentum to keep the blood. Yeah, to keep the blood flowing. So he turns around with his eyes completely closed, and when he opens his eyes, guess who's there? The ten year old kid <laughs> who's immediately taken away by child protective right. services <laughs> because of um, a some sort of sexual crime. Uh, no, it's the killer, and. He's so stunned he can't move just long enough for the killer to produce the shears, open said shears, uh, turn said shears upside down, and um, basically, um, he cuts off his erect dong, dude. Trims the branch. Yes. And now at Um, this point, dong shown before the credits, I'm in. I, I got two Dude, reasons to be in on this. <laughs> I'm just going to make a quick observation. We, after he does the chopping motion of the genitals, it sounded like somebody dropped a remote control on the floor. It sounded like a can of chicken noodle soup. Campbell's soup hit the ground. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was, if I could just uh, reenact. Let me see here if I got something. Um, here, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this. It was like this. It's like, uh, okay, chop. Right. Yeah, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> It's like dropping a Doc Martin on the ground. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, so, um, and then it shows it too, which I, I kind of half expected something a little bit more vascular. But <laughs> I, it, it was I, was, I was actually surprised that they showed it. I didn't think they were going to take it that far right away, but um, I was happy they did. I thought it was cool. Fun fact, that's not the first and only one. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, before the credits, you get a full castration and a tit attack. Yeah. Tit attack. I like that. All right. So, and uh, like I said, I'm sorry I never got his name. I never saw his picture on IMDb. I tried to get that that trick you said on Amazon Prime to work for me, but when I would go and press pause or whatever, it would only show like I had access to go to IMDb to look up everybody's names oh, and whatnot. I Mine didn't have access perfectly. to see who's on screen. Bummer, dude. So, um, and his shock face of terror as it zooms in on his mouth as he screams. I'm assuming um, he was either summarily killed or wishes he was dead already. Um, and it cuts to Rachel um, driving around, checking out Christmas lights, and jamming to an interesting version of Old Saint Nick. Yeah, that did was, you listen to the lyrics? Yeah, I did. I even capped a little bit of it because that's kind of the that's the credit music, right? Pretty much when they come into there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it had an inordinate amount of talk about Santa's old big red sack. <laughs> I got a little cut of it too, and I got to say, this is not the first, and it won't be the last. But we've we've really been treated to some really great small, low, lower budget or smaller film credit intros, credit music. Absolutely, it's dude. really good. This one's this one's they brought it too. Yeah, this one's right up with there. So check some of this out. First comes the presents of little Dick. He wants big balls that he can kick. Uh, also a hammer and a fireman axe. A slingshot and a whip that crunch. Ho, ho, ho. Here comes Santa. Ho, ho. That's really, really good. Who wouldn't know? Kick that dick down on the street. Yeah, that was I don't know. really good. Really stuff. good, man. They were very talented. Hey, is it uh, racist to me to think it was the black dude from the beginning to did the rap? <laughs> 
Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably. Just like um, Attack of the, the Killer, Killer Shrews. Shrews. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is if you only have one black person in your movie and there's a rap song, I'm going to assume it's the same person. Just that's that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I'm sure there's nobody else that could help out right. with that. Nobody. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so Rachel is played by Ashley Mary Nunez. Um, she's an actress and producer, mother of Justice Lee, so mother of the small child from the first scene, um, sister of director Todd Nunez. Fun fact, did you know that? I did not. And also, strange uh, credit on IMDb, um, an actual Let's Make a Deal contestant. Oh, neat. Where do they, why do they put that on IMDb? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's not a... Uh... A SAG, what uh, do you don't get a SAG card for? Or being a is contestant. it? Is let's make a deal just totally fake? Ooh. Nobody wins anything. They're all actors. Oh, you're getting behind the scenes of some. There's a CONS piracy Conspiracy. going on right now. Wow, man. Who's the, who's the guy who hosts that show? Let's make a deal. Yeah, oh, I couldn't. Not Monty Hall or whatever his name was. The uh, guy from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm, I could look it up for you. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Let's make a deal, host. Um, Monty Hall? No, the new one. Uh, Wayne Brady. That's it. There you go. So he's he's not giving away anything. That's why everybody has elaborate costumes. You ever notice that? Like, it's not even Halloween. Where are these people getting these awesome costumes? It's because it's coming from the costume designer. Costume designers from whatever studio makes that show. I've never seen the Wayne uh, Brady version of it. I've seen the old Monty Halls only. My wife loves it. Anyway, because she thinks it's, you know, it's like she one day she's going to get on the Price is Right or Wheel of Fortune. It's never going to happen. It's a facade. It's an unattainable unattainable dream. I, I really do. Do you think those are all actors? No, I don't I'm think teasing. so. Yeah, no, they can't be. No, I'm just teasing. Yeah. But it was weird. Like, contestant on, I am, or uh, contestant on, let's make a deal. Yeah. I hope she won. Hope she didn't get what was uh, what do they call that the whammy or whatever? Ah, that's uh, is that let's make a deal with the whammy. Well, I thought they called it something like a whammy. No, that's pressure luck. That's pressure. It's not the same, it's not luck, the same as the pressure luck whammy, but I mean, like uh, you can have two thousand dollars or what's underneath the box. Oh, and that's like a donkey. Say, I'll take something. the box, and yeah. it's a donkey with a card on it. It's like he's <laughs> got like the stick and carrot above his head. Yeah. <laughs> ah, man, I want to. You know what? Though? I'd be like, I want my fucking donkey, and I want it now. Yeah, where do you, where do you put him? Like, where do you kind of get him in my trunk? I'm in the back of my Honda Odyssey, and I'm going to take off and drive him home. <laughs> yeah. Don't tempt me with a donkey time. Yep. That's happening. So anyway, um, so she arrives at Grandma's house, and Grandma Abby is my favorite character in the entire movie. Dude, Grandma Abby had some kick-ass hair. She had kick-ass hair. She was wheelchair-bound, but she was still tough as nails. Um, and her house is an accidental fire waiting to happen. <laughs> it's a fire hazard. Well, first off, she probably drunkenly installed all of those Christmas lights. And every square inch of that house had lights on it. Yeah, it's lit up. Their budget went to Christmas decorations and gore. And mannequins. I wonder if you could, is there like a place you could just pick those up to rent for a day? Or like if if uh, department stores give them out or whatever, like when they're closing down. Dude, I would guess that there are street warehouses full of mannequins, just old mannequins that you you know the right person. I'm guessing you could get a million of them if you needed them. Guess what? I wouldn't work there either. Mannequins freak you out. Mannequin warehouse is not somewhere I would work at. No. I got. I have something for that for you later. Is that a, a phobia of mannequins? No, no, not at all. I just have other stuff later on. Okay. Um. And Grandma Abby basically reprimands Rachel for leaving a present for her mom underneath the Christmas tree. She's like, 
you know, when you were a kid, it was cute, but now it's just freaking weird. Right. So Throw it was it, the Rachel was leaving a present for the mom, who I assume at this point is deceased, right? No, uh, I don't think Rachel knows that she's deceased at this point. Um, she thinks she just left her and never came back. Okay, I didn't catch that. But okay, <clears throat> but the okay, mom isn't I there. I watched the is movie, the point. and so I'll give you all the deets. Okay, I'm teasing. I only watched it twice in three days. <laughs> so, um, I did put it first, murder victim, but then I figured it out later. Um, so just so everybody can kind of understand what kind of um, person we're dealing with when it comes to Granny Abby, right? Uh, she's basically like. A heavy drinking, sailor mouth, foul, tough ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's uh, uh, kind of got the leathery skin uh, of a of she a hard rocker. No yeah, she don't take no guff from nobody. Yeah, she chugs Southern Comfort like it's uh, water. Foul mouth. Yeah, she just she was a lot of fun. And played by a female by the name of Kathy Garrett. This is her only actual actual role. Not that she did great. Good for her. Yeah, good for her, man. So. That's when we're introduced. Uh, I guess Rachel gets a phone call from Miss Garrett next door. Basically, she says she'd like for her to come over and uh, help her um, decorate for the holidays. But did you ever figure out why the cops were there? No, it was referenced later as well, but I, I don't remember that being a thing at all. Yeah, because when, when Rachel shows up to Grandma Abby's house, Mrs. Garrett is outside talking to a detective or a police officer um, but it's never really explained why. Right. I never caught on to why. Maybe I missed that. I, I, I didn't catch it either. Um, <laughs> so when she comes out, though, the police officer's not there anymore. But I'm sure you've had the family member that if they need help, they refuse to ask you. But whatever they're doing, they have to do it to where it makes it look super difficult. So you have to help them. <laughs> they guilt you into it, basically. She basically guilted Rachel into helping by she's trying to move a, a mannequin um, Santa Claus, but it must be filled with sand because she's having a terrible time of it. And uh, the whole time, just audibly, you know, uh, 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 and like looking out of the corner of her eye, like, I wonder if Rachel sees me. Right. And then Rachel goes over to help her. Um, when she talks a little bit about her daughter, Jamie, which we don't really get too much backstory there, but every time I heard the name Miss Garrett, I thought of Mrs. Garrett from Different Strokes and um, Facts of Life. And I don't know why. You take the good, you, you take, take the, the bad, bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. That, that's what you thought of? Yeah, right? I mean, Mrs. Garrett, Mrs. G. Yeah. The whole time, every time they mentioned it. You know, um, a, a long time ago when Sledge first started doing our bumpers, he made a version of the facts of life for our show, for a bumper. Please tell me it was the schlock or not. It was, that's exactly what it is. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have the schlock. That's exactly it. But, oh, yep. Yep. What happened to that lost cut? Dude, he has more than one, and I, he would kill me if I have a couple of them that he, I promised him I wouldn't play on air because it was him practicing. And it's like, it's not even with, it's with a headset mic. It's not even with, you know, leveling or, you know, it's him singing over music. Like, it's not even putting music on a track and then him singing. Uh, there's some doozies, and I got to see if I can get uh, it's some permission to play one or two of them just in the vein of like, hey, dude, this was a guy practicing, never sang a song before in his life and was trying something new, you know. We've been doing this for 53 episodes and we still sound like shit. So, <laughs> dude. I mean, like that, that rap he did for the end of uh, of Breaking, that he's, yes, never, he's never rapped before. That's not like a thing he's done. And he knew putting it out there was like a big deal. Like, oh my God, people are going to laugh at me. And uh, he went for no, it, dude, dude, you know. 
Because he's got supreme confidence. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I have a couple doozies. I'm going to see if I can get a, a little bit of permission to play. I can't wait. Yeah. If not, I know he's got the new studio set up coming. Um, we've been talking about that for since episode 25. I believe right? so. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we can get something cool like that from him real soon. Yeah. But anyway, now we talked a long time ago, I think when we were talking about doing a Different Strokes episode, which came first, Different Strokes or Facts of Life? Uh, different Strokes was first, and then she moved on, I think, to Facts of Life. It, that's how I remember it. And I remember her voice was just really, really like, hey. Yeah, let's see if I can find some terrible, ex- Terrible see. impersonation, but it was always just very exaggerated, and like she was maybe tipsy herself. Here, like this? Girls, girls, girls. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> that's basically... <laughs> Basically, how I, yeah, my my that's my impersonation of Peter Griffin doing Charlotte Ray doing Mrs. Mrs. Garrett <laughs> all the way down the line. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I don't know. Probably just segue way too much on that, but I apologize. So, uh, Mrs. Garrett is played by a uh, actress by the name of Melinda Keering. Um, is basically Todd Nunez's staple actress. She was in Scary Larry, The Fog Lady, uh, a ton of his stuff. So. Obviously, she's got some chops, and he sees it. Yeah, and she did. She was perfect for this role. I thought, dude, super psycho, super happy, super friendly, uh, upset, sad, mad. Right. I mean, she went through the the gamut of yep. different um, emotions. Yep. If you will. Um, <clears throat> and that's when, uh, at this point, the killer cuts up sugar balls. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is the neighbor's dog. That's yeah. what her, the neighbor. And she actually comes to investigate what happened to sugar balls. In her like uh, bathrobe and curlers, which I love. That. The, dude, those were that's a busted roller set, man. They, they didn't spread the hair evenly across the roller, so she's gonna have all kinds of bad ro- it's curls. Like there's no hair on the roller, <laughs> it's just rollers. It's like imagine like Velcro rollers to her yeah. head. Coming from my hair background, I'm gonna tell you what that roller set did not pass muster on my and well, my watch. It's nice because when you're on the show, we always get uh, accurate ammo, uh, weapon, and hair advice. Right. <laughs> Stupid! I'm so my skills are so stupid, dude. <laughs> oh, what what do I bring to the table? Nothing. Like oh well, Xbox is fun. Yeah, like like a um, an autistic level of horror knowledge is what you bring to the what you bring to <laughs> oh, the not table. At all, dude. Dude. Not at all, man. Just uh, just go on Twitter sometimes. Those guys will put you to shame. Yeah. but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun hanging out with those guys. So anyway, um, what did she get for searching for her dog? She gets macheted. Machete. Yeah, that was. That, I think that one was to the side of the neck. Is that right? Nope. Right in her gut, and then um, right in the top of her head. Oh, that's right. Right. That was the top of the headshot, and that was a good one. I liked it because you saw the actual head move. You know, it was a. They hit something with it. There was resistance, and I like that. Yeah, I like it when you have that, and that's one of Tom Savini's things. Is always you got to show what the weapon can do. So, like, if you notice Tom Savini when he would take a baseball bat or something, he would swing it back, and it would hit a chandelier and break the glass in the chandelier. And then it would cut, and when you'd hit the person in the head, it was basically a foam bat, but you just saw it a second ago break the chandelier, so now when it's coming on the head, you kind of your brain puts those two things together. Right, it has heft, which was my big problem early on, which I haven't watched in a million years. I think we've talked about it before, but I, uh, early on with Walking Dead, is it, it was like cut, putting, pushing a pencil through uh, a jello. Like, there was no resistance. Yeah, like every time they pull out, you know, Michonne takes her sword and shoves it through something. It, I, I told you this story about when I talked to... Uh, um, God, it's gonna drive me the dude at the palms, right? Was it? Yeah, yeah. I told you about that. I was like, I loved everything about Land of the Dead except for the CGI blood. And he's like, I know it's gonna put me out of job, but 
Yeah. yeah the show is doing it like crazy. So, yep. anyway, um, and then it cuts to Mrs. Garrett, and she is in her house conversing with literally a house full of Santa mannequins. Yes, everywhere. They're terrifying. And apparently that would be my house if I lived alone with nobody else. Definitely. That's what you're saying. Definitely. Okay. Um, just so you know, my brother has one on his porch. And um, it kind of sits on the, the rocking chair out in front of his house. And it sings off-key and jilted. And I have a love-hate relationship with that sinister piece, sinister piece of shit. Is that a it's, Christmas decoration or an all-year type thing? Why would he have Santa Claus in front of his house all year? I didn't know if it was a Santa or like a, some type of a lawn jockey that he had sitting out there. Why would he have that? <laughs> exactly why I asked. Why would you have a guy <laughs> in, his, in his rocking chair in front of his house singing Christmas songs? Maybe to trick people into thinking someone's home? Or a deterrent for theft or something? <laughs> Ain't they theft, dummy? Like a scarecrow for humans. <laughs> I was about to break into that house, but that guy's been sitting on the porch for the last three days. Yep. He's extremely vigilant. <laughs> or they might just say, dude, obviously a psycho lives here. I'm not breaking in. Dude, I mean, think about it. You don't want anybody to break in your house? Just fill your entire front yard full of mannequin parts. Yeah. I'm not going in there. I agree. I always wondered, like, I'd love to see somebody, you know, come into my house because I've got, like, severed heads and shit on display and like skulls and whatnot. I'd love to see like, like when the bug guy comes in, you always see them like spraying, they look over at it like, hmm. Yeah, they, they give you a little sideways look. <laughs> That's great. I had, anyway. a, I had to have my hot water heater replaced today and the dude was in the garage, which is kind of my workshop for my, uh, for the firearms. And I, I, I get that look too of like, what the hell is this dude? <laughs> what the hell is this dude doing? I told you my wife one time before we had kids, she went to um, Home Depot and had paint matched with fake blood. And so she made my, my spare room before I had kids covered completely in blood. So white wall, blood splatters everywhere, handprints, hung a shower curtain up, stuck a knife in the wall. And I had all my horror collectibles and stuff. And literally people who were doing service to the house would look in there and would not want to go in. Ah, like cool. the bud guy would spend, you know, five, ten minutes in each room. And you get in that one, he'd be out in 30 seconds. <laughs> free, free. I'm out. In and out. Yeah. So good times. Um with what she's saying to these Santa Claus, it seems like maybe she was victimized previously by a man in a Claus costume, maybe. I, I had questions about that, too, because it was never really um, explored or even brought up later for her for her methods or reasoning for doing things. Um, so I, I didn't know if that was her, uh, like a psychosis or if that was just a storyline that, that didn't go anywhere. Or was, or was that something where you're supposed to feel her as a victim, maybe? Like, I wasn't really sure what that was what well, that was there for. we don't know just yet the extent of how she was victimized right. and what she's done and everything else. But it gets into it later. Yeah. Um, but speak about, like, confronting your fears. Like, if you had been victimized by a Santa Claus and you filled your entire house full of them, I'd be like building my house 10 feet, 10 stories high, made of glass and filled with cobbler. Yeah, Yeah, if you go to the zoo and get raped by a gorilla, you don't put a bunch of gorilla... Uh, Dolls in your room, and like have your, you know, have your family members wear gorilla costumes right. when you leave right. your bedroom. So. Right. Anyway, we're gonna find out later exactly um, that none of that really means anything. Yeah, I don't believe. I don't either. It wasn't explored, and, and it, I don't. I don't even know that it added much, really. No, I like it because I thought it was really creepy, dude. Just just for the tone. It, it's creepy, but you need to follow that up. Like you can't just give me that and then leave me. I, I don't know. I just it, it didn't fit to me. Maybe uh, mental disease, mental illness runs in the yeah. family. Yeah, maybe. Because, I mean, I'm killer. Well, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything yeah. just yet. Um, there was another dummy, too, that was what's supposed to be her daughter, Jamie. Look, it looked just like Rachel to me, but, yeah, it was supposed to be her daughter. 
Well, she kept saying, like, Jamie and Jamie's home and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, at this point, Rachel hits the mall and meets up with all of her very attractive girlfriend um, and Cody, who she just does not seem happy to see. Yeah, Cody was kind of a wet blanket on that that date. I know, like, oh, my God, I haven't seen my friends in forever. And close your eyes, we have a surprise, and it's this guy with a flower. Yeah, and he's kind of, like, real subdued and, uh, you know, not, not animated. And they were laughing and giggling and having a good time, and now it's it's like... Cody does not get the hint that Rachel does not like him either. Right. Right. Like, the first thing he says, well, you never answered my phone calls. So why would you go meet her at the mall? Yeah, like, why would you even say that? Have some dignity, man. <laughs> oh, your phone must have been broke because I never received a phone call from you. Right. <laughs> my, my ringer wasn't working because it never rang when you called me. Yeah, way to ruin oh, a didn't? good time. Weird. Having a good time with her girlfriends, and then you get the stick in the mud here. It's basically um, every time you show up. Oh, the party's just like... <laughs> <"Beer."> <laughs> Um, it's when Dave shows up and he's not a part of that. <laughs> oh, oh, I wish I had that cut. Here, I got this, though. Here's me coming in your house during the party like, hey, what's up, man? I finally made it. Uh, Something like that. That's if you get to the front door and everybody's turning off the lights and shh, 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 yeah. shh, shh. <laughs> sucks. I normally only give you like 30 minutes to get there anyway. Oh, I've noticed. <laughs> Trust me. Lynn has too. <laughs> <clears throat> you are the life of my party, buddy. Because uh, as soon as you get invited, the menu has to change. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, what a dick. So anyway. <clears throat> um, How many people show up to your party wearing see-through Tupac shoes? How about that? <laughs> only one, and that's for a reason. Because <laughs> nobody wants to look at your dank-ass feet. <laughs> it looked like a terrarium, like a swamp terrarium in the bottom of your it, shoe. I think it felt like a terrarium, too. <laughs> you could see, like, the fungus growing between your toes. Yeah, there was mist in those shoes. <laughs> so they uh, engage in some uh, holiday-themed frolicking. Um, and then, no, no, basically it cuts to a... So just so everybody knows, this movie literally cuts from the main characters to random couples engaged in kinky sex uh, prior to being mutilated. You get some, some right? people fodder, dude. You got to get a little people fodder in there. And I'm, I'm fine with that. If you're going to add people fodder, let's not have somebody going to a hockey game. Let's have some people um, getting ready to have some holiday-themed sex. Yeah, and I don't know who was in charge of picking these people, but two thumbs up is what I'm saying. The casting agent picked uh, both very handsome and very lovely women. Yeah, they're getting a big a big A-plus from, from my, from my point. Uh, side over here yeah um and i love the goofy times pillow talk between the two uh, couples it was, what was the uh, such classics such as um i got a big package ready for delivery i almost took a cut of that but i had the same cut from silent night deadly night from the pool table i was like hey, i'm not gonna do it yeah twice. dude yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh at this point basically the uh, female character ties the male character to the bed and leaves him yeah. which uh i don't think that's ever worked out for anybody definitely not in the movies no. And uh, even more terrifying than being left alone in the bed is the foodstuffs that she pulls out from oh, the fridge for the uh, sexual... I listed it too, dude. Can I go through it? Uh, wait, let me see if I guess it. Okay. Peanut butter. Yes. Jelly. Yes. Which, who keeps peanut butter in the refrigerator? Do you do that? I do. That seems unnatural. I use that natural stuff that separates if you don't, so... Uh, yeah. And then a cucumber. Yes, and a, and a stick of margarine. <laughs> 
So for for their sixty, 60- those flavor profiles are never going to go together. Right. Second off, where are you putting that cucumber? Here's 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 what I looked at when I saw that. I said, oh, a cucumber, peanut butter, stick of margarine. First of all, that's my dinner. That's what I had last night. But also, um, if you're going to have <laughs> some your shame stick, <laughs> if if you're gonna if you tell me we're gonna be adventurous and and have some kinky foreplay, if I tell you or just somebody in general, not you, the okay, just well, you anybody, yeah, okay. anybody. Um, I'm not okay with the cucumber being involved. I'm not okay with peanut butter being involved and I'm not okay with margarine being involved. So my dinner cannot be involved. Right. Plus, I mean, you, you don't have peanut allergies, right? I don't. So it's not that. Okay. Um, first off, none of those are lubricants. None of them are going to do good. Well, maybe, maybe the, the margarine. margarine maybe if the you margarine. melted it. Yeah. Um, but none of those are lubricants. So you would put like, I hope it wasn't chunky peanut butter on top of that Ooh. cucumber. Ooh. And then Rocky road, dude. It's going in Rocky. <laughs> it is a Rocky road. Yeah. Um, and if he's, she's choosing the cu- cucumber so large, it's probably not his first time. I mean, you have to work that. I mean, you have to. You work towards work that it a little bit. I, I don't know you from. Start, I don't know firsthand, but I would assume you're correct. Yeah, I'm just speaking. You know, talking out loud here, trying to make interesting. Like, like, like medically or physically, you know. Yeah, I'm not an expert, but anyway, whatever. There, uh, I just hope he remembers his safe word, jingle balls. <laughs> just funny. Yeah, that was literally the safe word, jingle balls. Yeah, that was a good one. So, um, the killer uppercuts the gardening tool into her jaw and up through her head, and uh, the kitchen begins to basically rain blood, which was fun. It was. It was really good. Um, and I thought Velasco's eyes really portrayed uh, an emoted anger and bloodlust because it would focus and zoom in on his eyes, and he looked insane. I wouldn't just say his eyes. He did it physically. He did pretty good. He did a lot of um, like really weird kind of jumpy antics sometimes, and I, it, it came off as psycho. But it wasn't over the top. It Not wasn't at all. Like you know, Not he exaggerated sometimes. Like when he slow played the uh, turning the shears upside down to cut off the Johnson and whatnot. Yep. But um, very apropos for what was needed. Agreed. Um, and that's just not easy either. Too underneath a, a full face mask and a costume that shows nothing. That's tough. Right. Um, Brock. I don't know. I didn't catch his name. Did you? So I just call him Brock. Sure. Is that okay? Yep. Um, uh, strap still tight in bed and some creep. This this is the stuff I didn't quite understand. It's like the teddy bear on the tricycle rolled in first. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't. Not really, necessary because it's yeah. more terrifying just to have that dude walk in while you're naked with a boner and a pair of. Yeah, I didn't shirt. really pay much attention to that. <clears throat> so, um, of course, he mistakes the killer for his girlfriend in costume um but unfortunately the killer is an equal opportunity dong destroyer <laughs> and uh strikes again basically i did notice that the caucasian wiener was smaller than the african-american wiener did you notice that i did and have you noticed that in gym locker rooms forever <laughs> yeah no i have not but no i just you know hey weird right they made that one smaller like a little vienna sausage <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, my mom used to call those. Take, my mom called Venus sausages as monkey dicks. She said, "What are you cooking there, monkey dicks?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, mother. Did you reply back? Yes. Could I have a can of monkey? Dicks? <laughs> no, no. It was always I don't eat that. It was Lynn, and she's like, "Oh, you're cooking monkey dicks." <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Just so everybody knows, I'm taking notes for uh, you know a highly regarded podcast here, so I have to be meticulous and thorough. Right. Right. The the white dong was smaller than the black. Okay. So there you go. Um, and then it was an interesting cut right to Rachel chomping on a uh, Hebrew national dangling from a bun. Oh, it was it was a really good transition because what happened was after, uh, what did you say, Brock? 
Brock, okay. Tad. Tad, sure. After Tad's uh, schlong got chopped off, it falls on the floor, and the cat starts um, runs over and starts licking it. And that instantly transitions to Rachel eating a hot dog. So it was a really clever and perfectly timed transition. It's like when, when somebody didn't plan appropriately for a, a cookout. Yeah, and the and dog's hanging dog off the bun. They buy like 12-inch dogs, but then they buy the regular 8-inch Eight or 6-inch. Right, right. Yeah. It, no, it was a really, really clever and a fun transition, and it made me chuckle, so good for them. And it was dangly, too, that hot dog. Oh, it, it was like the same size hanging out, and it was the same like a bend coming down. It was perfect, dude. <laughs> the angle of the dangle. Yeah, it was good. So that's when Cody and Rachel engage in some real talk, and apparently um, that's when we find out, when you were probably – not paying any attention to the actual drama of the story that Rachel's mom left her when she was young. Yeah, I was busy um, cataloging that second dong on my spreadsheet of dongs to see what uh, <laughs> the length and girth. <laughs> so, uh, actually, like I said, I thought she was dead too. Uh, but then it cuts back to Mrs. Garrett's home. Uh, and this is one of my favorite parts of the entire movie, dude. Is it? Is it the mannequin moving? Yes. I loved it, dude. Loved it. That fright, it's like a, just a, a frightful female mannequin. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, it, actually, it wasn't. It, it was actually, like it, it was at a first person. She thought it was a human being. Right. It, it, right. I think it was a human being at first. Well, no, they actually moved a mannequin. Of course it was. But it, movie magic, bro. Yes, movie magic. So basically, out of focus, female, don't really know, moving um, robotically stiffly if you will right towards the dinner table with the mom saying oh i'm glad you could make it you know that type of deal and then when it finally gets into focus on the frame it's the dummy (laughs) yeah it's a mannequin not not a person so i guess you're you're looking through the eyes either of her psychosis or you know she's the one moving the mannequin but you don't catch that at first and it was very well done it was it was awesome dude and what a creepy chilling effect it had too like um, and, I, oh, there was one part that was scarier, so I'm going to say that was my second favorite uh, creepery part. Well, Miss Garrett is certified grade A batshit nuts. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so then, um, basically, Rachel, uh, her friends for betraying her trust, she forces them to come back to Miss Garrett's house with her um, to do the Christmas decorating. Right, it's, since since they terribly uh, terribly dick friend move. Well, they yeah they bamboozled her by bringing that ex to their party and kind of ruining her right. night. So she's like, all right, screw it, I'm going to take you guys to back to this chick's house and ruin your night as well. I'm ruining your night as well. Right. So uh, Gio was played by Natalie Montera and Sarah was played by Danica Reiner, and it took me forever to figure out who was who. You know, it, on my second watch, I actually rewound a bunch of times trying to find a part where they said their names. It was tough for me to. Um, the only time I figured it out was when like. Um, when Miss Garrett opens the door and she says, oh, Gia, whatever, and Sarah, but we don't know who she's looking at because it never shows them. Exactly right. I, re- I rewound to that part. And then at the end, she's yelling for both of them in the house, Gia, Sarah, Gia, Sarah. And it, even then but I was when trying, Sarah, trying to When out. Gia's in the house alone and Sarah comes home with the booze, Gia goes outside screaming for Sarah, and that's right. when I figured it out. Yeah, but it, so, that was tough, dude. I was, I'm with you. Uh, Miss Garrett puts the girls to work decorating her house while she goes out on a celibate date, whatever that means. Um and Rachel immediately goes into Jamie's room, which kind of looks like Buffalo Bill's kill room. What do you say? Silence of the Lambs, there was yeah. butterflies on the wall, mannequin parts all over the place. Yeah, and I think it, around this part, too, is where, for me, the, the easiestly, the scariest thing in the easiestly. See that? Easiestly. <laughs> Most easily the scariest Easily part, the scariest part of the movie was, to me was that portrait of Jamie on the wall as a child. That thing was creepy, right? crazy creepy, dude. Like, why does she have that? 
Yeah. And it's and and this is right about the part of this a movie when they're talking about Jamie was I was like, oh, it looks like Jamie's gonna be the killer. Like that's kind of when I figured it out. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, she's been missing. At first, I thought she was dead too. She said she lost lost my Jamie. Um, but then we find out she's come yeah. home. Well, if, you know, they leave a couple dangling loose ends, like maybe the dad or, you know, the missing mom. So there's a couple people out of the picture, of but say again, interesting choice of words, the dangling. <laughs> um, but then, you know, so like as soon as she goes in the room, we get that flashback to Mrs. G filling Janie, uh, basically to the brim with love and self-confidence. No. Yeah. She's browbeating the shit out of her. Yeah. Telling her to get away from the window. Like those kids don't like you. They'll they'll only make fun of you. They hate you. Um, on, so she mother of the year. I'll play a random cut for that just cause since we haven't played a Mrs. Gary yet. You little devil. There. How about that? I'm pretty sure that's not the same Miss Garrett. No, that's the facts of life, Miss Garrett. But you know, it's a Miss Garrett. It's a Miss Garrett. It works. You could just. I mean. Todd Nunez could have saved some money and just threw in sound clips and never showed her. I don't want to, spoiler alert, but I've substituted all of Miss Garrett's lines with Facts of Life, so just heads up. Well, this should be fun. Why why haven't we had more? Oh, well, they're coming, they're coming. Okay, so I'm excited. Um, Then, so now she's gone. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) What the fuck was that? I was trying to click back to the soundboard and I got... Girls, girls, (laughs) girls! That was just a misclick, I'm sorry. (laughs) It was just so weird because it sounded like it was behind your shoulder or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you try and fix it when you hit it? And then... Well, I was trying to, sw- you know, I flipped between windows and I was trying to flip back to the soundboard for the next cut and I accidentally clicked the button, not just the window. So, sorry. Girl. So, um, now they're gone. Um, that's when the girls discover that the windows have been nailed shut and that's very odd. And if you're ever, ever visiting a friend's house and that happens, leave immediately. Yeah, that's that's a no go, big time. It kind of reminded me of um, people under the stairs too. How they found the windows, you know, barred from the inside. Yep, not okay. We need to do that, dude. People under the stairs is a good one. I agree. We gotta get away from horror for a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah. Done too much horror. But we haven't we haven't done a Wes Craven yet, have we? I don't know. Okay, so that could be our first Wes Craven. Okay. All right. So um, that's when we head to another domicile occupied by. Gorgeous, scantily clad women. At first, yep. I thought there was only going to be one, um, but this one's wearing her Book of the Month Club sexy reading lingerie. <laughs> that was almost one of my trivia questions. Was like, do sexy lesbians um, wear uh, sexy lingerie to read a book at night? Of course. Yeah. I, I tried so hard to fa- find out what book she was reading to. I couldn't get it. It looked almost like one of those choose your own adventure, like old Dungeons and Dragons like a, covers. Like a, what do they call those things? A dime store novel or yeah. something. But very salacious on the cover. Yep. Um, but the whole time she kept asking her, her, which they don't allude to the fact that her lover's not a man, it's a woman, but asking her, like, you know what happens if you get involved in this book? I dry out, apparently, because <laughs> uh, she's not going to be ready for it. So she gets no answer from her uh, lover companion in the um, shower because uh, she has her Bluetooth speaker playing Christmas music, which... Why not? Yeah. Um, but then you hear uh, there arose such a clatter from underneath the bed. And this was actually a pretty cool little effect. The, uh, the machete was coming out from underneath the bed. And I thought that one was going to hit her hand. Yeah, it was close. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the, the machete keeps coming out from underneath the bed. 
Um, she eventually works up the nerve to jump off the bed. He drags her underneath and kills her. Um, but her lover can't hear her die because, of course, of the Christmas music, which is too loud, blaring in the background. Um, and that girl was a stunner, too. Everybody was gorgeous in this movie. Everybody. And I'll tell you, I really liked the um, the whole bed scene, but I liked the effect of getting dragged under the bed, which is done a bunch of times. But this was done very well as well. Um, oh, absolutely. Also. Great points of view, great shot, great... Um, cinematography yeah i'm glad I'm, that, that's exactly what i was going to bring up like all the camera angles really and i gotta say this without sounding like creepy but they all ac- accentuated or um t- they were very tantalizing and titillating like they did a really good job with the camera angles on the different uh, kill shots and the females mission failed um <laughs> just kidding yeah you're <laughs> right though i mean you get beautiful women to photograph and that's what you get. Yeah, whoever was yeah. directing that camera just had the perfect angles where it was always really flattering to the to the woman, Dude, you know. You go into a movie like this and you think like all through the house, oh, I've never heard of this. It's been out for almost three years now and I've never heard of it. Why have I not heard of this? Yeah, it's super fun. It was just a fun yeah. little fun little jaunt and thank it, you again, Amazon. Yeah, really. And from the pub to the graveyard for letting us know about this. Because this was a lot of fun, dude. It was. So um she discovers her dead babe, which I say that because that's all she did was like, babe. Feeling a little frisky tonight, babe? Babe? Do you talk to your wife that way? Yeah, I, I think I'm guilty of that. You feeling a little frisky, babe? Yeah, I've probably done that before. That's unembarrassingly true, I would guess. So she discovers the dead babe. And uh, so her only course of action is to hide behind the uh, basically wrapping paper thin bathroom door. Right, the cardboard door. <clears throat> I knew immediately what was going to happen there. Did you? Of course, but I, I wanted to see how the effect was played out, and I, I thought that they pulled it off. I've seen it done yeah, worse. They did it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, she, she gets impaled through the gut. When it's pulled out, she slumps down to the ground, and then he does the same strike again, and it hits her through her face this time, yep. from the back of the head to the front of her face. Very effective, yeah. Super neat. So, I mean, I saw it coming, but I still enjoyed it. Right. So, and then he, at first I thought that was a strange weapon procurement that he got there. Which one? The pink dildo. Oh, no. Did you, did you <laughs> no, didn't get the... Okay. I get it now. Okay. But at the moment, you didn't really know why he got it. No, I did. Like, it, it right away I laughed because I, I knew what was going on there. You knew what he was doing? Yeah, I, I did. At that point, I did. Okay, explain to me what you you knew he was doing at this point. I thought he was collecting because he was getting, every time he went and caught a couple doing that, he collected a piece off one of the men. And since those two, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, but you didn't know why he was doing it. I didn't know why, but I knew exactly. You knew yeah. what, but yeah. not why. Okay, right. I thought like like when my buddy told me he had figured out the sixth sense. I was like, really? The entire country, nobody figured it out. But you got it? Yeah, I didn't. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I didn't. No, I, exactly. I knew because it had happened in all the other scenes where he was collecting right, the male okay. genitalia, I took that as like, okay, he, he took that because they didn't have something to cut off, you know. You Imagine his dismay, his disappointment. Right, he took what he could get, right? <laughs> so he went and took the cucumber from the lady from Boar's house. <laughs> <clears throat> Back at Garrett's, Mrs. Garrett's house, um, Rachel is literally the only one doing anything as her, fi- her friends basically just complain and play grab ass. Right, because she's got the one friend that's kind of... um. The, the funner of the two, and then she's got the um, the more it's hostile fun friend. See, I'm, I'm killing the adjectives with you, you today. But one of them was kind of more jovial and, and smiley, and one of them was the one where she was one constantly, she was sighing at every everything they did. It was a big sigh, or she'd fold her arms across her chest, and she was exasperated. So basically it's us, 
like you're the serious one doing stuff. I'm the one playing grab ass, and Dave's the one and always Dave's holding his arms and sighing, harumphing in the in the corner. I don't like this at all. Harumph, harumph. Here, let me so, get a Dave cut in this show. Or let me find it. I got to I got to get a an absolutely nothing here. No, that's not it. Well, Christ, I tried to get a good Dave cut, and it's gone. I will. So at this point, Gia makes a terrible decision to put on the Jamie mannequin dress. Which is like a death sentence for sure. It's also pretty disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hate movies where people go into somebody's private home and basically take a shit on it or start doing. I mean, like even like when somebody goes and starts looking in the refrigerator. My brother does that all the time. It drives me nuts. Comes in my house and just opens up my pantry and just starts looking for food. That's what Hob does, dude. He eats all my shit when he's here. It's gone. <laughs> dude, really? Yeah. It's just weird to me. I don't know. Maybe I should start doing that to him more often, but he's got nothing good in his pantry. <laughs> That's why he's in your pantry, dude. Yeah, no shit. Like, you know, my wife won't buy me anything delicious, so I'm going to grab this uh, pretzel salted caramel chocolate. You got mad little Debbies up in there. So? <laughs> okay. Uh, I do have little, little Debbies. Can you guess which one is in my pantry? You get three choices. Uh, is it the choco one? The little, it looks like a chocolate covered Twinkie? No. Mm, is it the That's brownies? Nut walnut brownies? No. Is it the nuts on it? Really? Is it the, the wafer the wafer cookie things? Nutty buddies? No, these are like uh wafers, like they're usually pink or yellow or white and they have like kind oh, of a cream. You you're not even picking little Debbies, you're just choosing just random No, those are little Debbie makes those. Wafer strawberry wafers. I'm not going to look them up, dude, but I'm telling you, Little Debbie made some wafer cookies, so I've okay. eaten them. So They're I guess delicious. we're not as close as I thought we were. Because well, you, you, you got you know kids. Got little Debbie choice. What do you have? I'm not going to tell you now. Well, I'll go look next week. I'm, I'm thinking you got kids, <laughs> dude. It's not just for you. I'm hoping the kids eat that, too. They're not chocodiles? No, you don't got no chocodiles up in that bitch? <laughs> no, mostly, I do buy it for the kids, but, I mean, sometimes late night, late at night. I'm proud to say it. Oh, uh-oh. What happened now? I messed up the soundboard again. <laughs> what did you do? I was going to play a cut of you eating, eating a corn dog, and I messed up the soundboard. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <clears throat> Listen, I've seen some of the shit you eat. Oh, I'm a vegan. I'm gluten-free. And then you got like a, a piece of bread with mounds of cheese. and. Never have I claimed to be vegan, and the bread I eat is with rice flour. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Let me lick it. That's ice lick cream. That's my corn dog. Let me lick It's just as good. It's a good one. Yeah, you're right. Um, but then, uh, so when she's upstairs, she finds a pic, a picture in the attic in a box, which I, I'm pretty sure that that's not where the decorations are. But whatever. Um, no, but Miss Garrett told her. She said her, her special task was she wanted her to go to the attic to get the um the special decorations. Yeah, but they. Why would she she searching in a small treasure box or whatever? Yeah, that's true. She she's snooping. Not treasure box, not a tre- but like a. I mean, there's boxes probably clearly labeled Christmas decorations, right, right. and she chose like the curio box. Right. Anyway, um, she discovers that Rachel's mom and Mrs. G were nurses together. Right, they were friends. Though, yeah, and even though Mrs. G said she hardly knew her. Right. So, um, and then she finds Mrs. G's uh, Santa Claus sex doll. Was that the one that was in the bed? 
<clears throat> yes, with lipstick kisses and nether. Oh, oh, dude, I'm so glad you saw that. I actually, I took a screenshot of it because I wanted to send it to you if you didn't see it to like prove it. Because they, they didn't really focus on it, but I did take a cut of mascara here. I never told this to anybody before, but I slept with a doll until I was in my late twenties. Huh? <laughs> what do you think, dude? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? Excellent work. Hey. Absolutely, great work. Here, how about this one? Oh, you beautiful doll, you great big beautiful doll. <laughs> there's some linkage here, isn't there? Perfect. Yeah, it, yeah. There's. I wonder if that's the inspiration for part of this movie. Uh, I see. Hmm. Nice work. Girls, um, girls, girls. So stupid. <laughs> so, at this point, it cuts over to Grandma Abby taking a trip down memory lane, basically uh, imbibing Southern comfort and reading uh, old letters. And she gets startled by somebody in the house. And she goes to investigate, and basically somebody shoots a cat through the window with a T-shirt cannon. Dude. <laughs> that cat is long, like uh, like a football quarterback threw him through the window i i didn't like that man that part bothered me yeah, there's no reason for it well the, it's just i don't like cat jump scares at, at all i just it, whenever i see it i'm just like oh do really a cat noise it's like if you throw something and you hear a cat meow it's like ah dude this is an airplane if this is airplane it's okay but do you think dave with his cats at his house gets like cat jump scared all the time opens the fridge closes it there's a cat meow <laughs> Playing Xbox, cat jumps on his face. <laughs> gets opens the shower curtain. <laughs> Constantly, all the time, he's walking around like, oh, oh, oh. I'd like to think that's true. Let's let's ask him. But I don't know. I just thought that was that was. They've already done a few misdirect scares, and, and the cat one was just like, ah, oh, bro, you've already done some good ones. Just continue with the continue with that. You know. It's always misdirections too. Always, yeah. Always, like you get the jump scare, and you know he's immediately going to come after that. So jump scare. And then we get her, uh, where did we see somebody else? Jack Frost, completely wrapped in Christmas lights? Yes, that was one of the uh, kills from Jack Frost, yeah. <clears throat> so he not only wraps her in Christmas lights, but he takes her out back, pushes her down the uh, sidewalk, and off the edge of a cliff. That reminded and me that, of when um, when Frank Drebin pushed OJ down the, down the stairs it, it, at the stadium and he launched him out. Because <laughs> that dummy looked hilarious. Dude. It was great. I, I chuckled my ass off. I don't know how they launched that sucker so fast, but it got a nice little arc to it right across the frame. They, did they get the guys from Jackass to like shoot him off one of those ramps they make? Dude? It must that, have, dude. Flying. It was great. Yeah. Or like, um, what was that, Friday the 13th Part 3 when the guy went downstairs in his... Um, or rolled down the steps in his wheelchair after they put the machete right in his face. Oh, yeah, dude. When he rolled backwards. And, like, how did that thing not flip over? Really? How many takes did that take? Yeah, I got to watch that again. You made me want to watch that now. Oh, I love that one. Anyway, um, it was either three or two. I don't remember. There's so many. Um, so what happens then? Um, Beats me. At this point, I think, no, I think he goes back in the house and he kills the cat, too. Yes, cat dies at the and end. And I said, that guy's immediately on Dave's naughty list. Right. He's killed the dog. Now he's killed the cat. He was not a part of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish I could find that cut. <laughs> it's funny, though. The, the, uh, the, the cat was actually in the credits of the movie. What's the cat's name? Aeon the Cat. Oh, that's neat. Why didn't the dog get a credit, though? I didn't know the cat had one. Maybe the dog has one, too. Nope, just the cat. Yeah, right. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, at this point, Rachel goes to check on Granny because she feels the disturbance in the forest. Uh, Granny's no longer I I on this plane, if you will. 
Yeah, she leaves the, what was the girl's name? Was it? Gia is left alone and Sarah has gone out to booze it up and get, bring it right, back. Right, right, right. Sarah's getting booze. Gia's trying on the dress from one of the mannequins and she goes to check on Granny, correct? Um, that's when Rachel finds the letter from Mom. And at this point, Sarah's returning home from her booze run. Uh, she sees Lurker Santa, but wrongly chooses to go hunt him out, thinking it's one of the girls. Right. Yeah, she thinks the girls are messing with her. Um, I thought that Sarah's kill was uh, spectacular. I liked it a lot. Absolutely, dude. Um, she actually gives him some what for first, beats the shit out of him with a stick. Yep. And manages to escape for a second. Uh, and I thought it was a really cool shot as she's running up to the window where G is drinking some of that eggnog. Yes. Right before she smashes on the window, you see Santa cut her off, tackle her. And when he chops those digits off, man, it's sprayed everywhere. What did we and talk about? Screamed. A little, little fingor did we get on fingor, this? Fingor, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things you hate. Yep. Or love, you know, depending. This one I loved. G, Gia obviously can't hear her screams through the soundproof windows because she's literally right outside the win- window, um, completely terrified and no, uh, I, I think calling she, out for her life. I think she played a sound or there was something on the inside that... Um, that coincided perfectly with her scream to mask it i think i don't know but either way i'll allow um it was a good kill and and again that girl had a really good scream all these girls had excellent excellent screams all of them huge lungs huge perfectly shaped lungs. yeah uh, gia she had a great one rachel had a great one really good uh and again another fun and like really bloody practical effect too yes so um, basically, after he chops her fingers off, he chops her up real good. Yep. Um, at this point, Rachel calls Cody, I believe, um, and she tells him now that all of a sudden she she's not annoyed by him anymore. That um, her mom was having an affair with Mrs. G's husband. I'm pretty Mr. sure. I'm pretty sure he called her because she was like, "I don't have time. I don't have time." And he's like, "No, you have to hear this." I that think. was later when he found out that Mr. G was in prison. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So. Um, a f- so he hears this little bit of information, and whereas I would be like, well, you don't like me anyway, bitch, so I don't care. <laughs> Petty. <laughs> Petty mug. He literally tried to blow me off earlier. But he goes like all computer sleuth. Yeah. And starts researching the interwebs for information about Mr. G. Yep. Um, which, I don't know how he knew her name, but whatever. Um, and at this point, Gia goes outside to look for Sarah. Um, at, but the killer has shuffled into the house now behind Sarah. So he's inside the house. I'm sorry, behind Gia. And then she goes in and moats around the house looking for Sarah, which I don't understand why she's looking. I'm telling you this right now. Um, my searching would be a lot shorter for you, just so you know. Just Noted. Disclosure. Noted. Would yours be that long for me? I'd like to think I would, Duck. <laughs> Probably not, but okay, I'd like I to go, think I would. I go to Dunkin' Donuts to get a 12-pack. Okay. I come back. Um, you don't even know if I'm back or not. Like, you never saw me enter the house. You, you see my car outside. Would you walk around your house for 20 minutes calling my name? Probably or just not. think that I'm at a neighbor's house or yeah, in the trunk? I think I've had run into this before where you were, like, at a neighbor's and I went to your house and I just kind of walked over to Nick's and was like, I don't know, I came to see Doc, but I'll just visit you. <laughs> I know. You I'll just hang out here. Jeff, yeah. Rick, anybody else in the neighborhood besides looking for me. And, and I kind of forget I'm, that I went there to see you to begin with and I just mosey off. <laughs> yeah. And then you leave and... uh the business we had to attend to never got handled. Yep. That's okay, though, because it, it means you get to visit people and we still get to hang out at some point. Yeah, so. as long as I'm in there somewhere. Yep. Um, at this point, the killer attacks her from behind. Uh, again, though, I mean, this killer's day has gone from good to worse because now Gia's whooping his ass. Yeah, she did a good job, too. Yeah, I think she was great. 
um, his day at the murder office has not been smooth sailing, right. if you know what I'm talking about. It started off where literally even the male victims just let their selves be attacked and mutilated, but these girls are really starting to give them Shit. And I like that. I like that they weren't the da- classic damsel in distress. They gave them a little business and, and uh, st- yeah, you know, they, they got in there and it was fun. Well, it wouldn't be any fun if just everybody just went quietly. Right. Um, so she tries to escape, fails miserably. Um, but at some point she falls and hurts her ankle and she instantly becomes helpless. Yeah, I noticed that too. He, what happened to her gumption, man? Where did yeah. it go? Yeah. It's gone. And he scissors her throats while she just sits there staring at him. Uh, and then we get treated to rivers of gushing plasma. So that and was I thought out of all the death scenes, this one in particular, I thought the uh, camera work, it was a very like almost erotic um, death scene. Like the, the camera angles of her like in a submissive posture with the guy kind of towering over her with the, with the clippers waist high. I was like, man, that was really shot well. That was fun and kind of sexy almost. What? Yeah, dude. Watch it again. Check it out on my second watch. I was like, man, this is this is that one was really kind of cool. In no way, shape, or form would that be sexy to me, dude. I'm telling you, watch it again. Okay. The way it was shot was in like it's, there's a lot of scenes of her on her knees looking Maybe up at him. Show show submissiveness. Yes. But I don't think that's sexy. Hey man, that's how I took it. So fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Our uh, fake sponsors may be the same, but the rest will not be anything like <laughs> at all. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. Not sexy, uh, erotic. There's erotic is actually what I wrote in my notes. Was erotic, yeah. Right, not sexy, erotic. Okay. So, how about this? She was a sexy chick. I could say that. Or is that? Oh, are, all, everybody was beautiful. Are you not allowed to even say that now? I don't know. Maybe that's like uh, get me in trouble. <laughs> maybe I'm not even allowed to say a girl's pretty anymore, or else uh, I get uh, man shamed, <laughs> man shamed about it. <laughs> I, I don't care if she was sexy. Fine. Chick. Yeah. So, um. Rachel comes back and is now searching for both girls. So we get a few minutes of that. Um, but now all the lights in the house have been turned off. But where did she find the flashlight from? I didn't even notice she had one. Yeah, like all of a sudden she's got a flashlight. Anyway, cool, whatever. Um, Cody calls, and he's been doing some computer sleuthing, and Mr. Garrett has been in prison for the past 15 years. And now we can wrap back around to that, that police uh, vehicle that Rachel saw in the beginning of the movie. With how? Because then she says, oh, my God, that makes sense. He, he must have escaped. I saw a police car outside of Miss Garrett's house when she first pulled up. But he didn't. Right. But that's the nice, misdirect, yeah. Nice uh, carpet pull from yeah. underneath your feet. Yoinks. Yoinks. Um, bad reception ruins of call. Um, but immediately, Cody knows, if there's bad reception, I need to get over there and tell her in person. Right. So... Um, <clears throat> uh, Rachel... Uh, Rachel starts searching again all through the house. Uh, but then decides to go into a crawl space in the house. Fuck that. Yeah, don't trap yourself in, dude. Yeah. Billy from uh, uh, Black Christmas would be proud of that creepy-ass place. <laughs> Discombobulated like mannequin parts and hand-drawn artwork adorned all over the walls and stuff. It was creepy. <laughs> but when she gets down in that crawl space, guess who's there? Mrs. G. And that's when we get the shock of the century. Yeah, you get a little. Is this this is the part where they give you a little, almost a little sleepaway camp nod, a little twist? A little bit. Jamie's home, and we get her backstory. Basically, I put down sleepaway camp style reveal. Yep. Jamie was born a boy, not a girl. 
So what did Mrs. G do? She wanted a girl, yeah. but she took it to the nth degree. I got a cut of it here. Go. I don't do windows and I don't do boys. There you go. <laughs> See, it all wraps around, dude. It all comes back to Facts of Life. Or, that was actually uh, not Facts of Life. That's uh, different strokes. Either way. Not bad, Mrs. Right? G. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, she cut off his unit and then framed Mr. G, who went to prison for that. But then poor Jamie went to a mental institute, a boy, born a boy, but without... Um, the Twig and Berries. Yeah. Yes. No, it didn't mention anything about the berries. Well, later, later he got kicked in it and kind of just shook, That's true, and shrugged his shoulders. So she said it was real, just a quick snip, right? She said it was nothing worse than removing an unwanted wart or something. Unwanted like wart. <laughs> Bad. She seemed to really appreciate him later. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit too much for Rachel to bear. Oh wait, it's just uh, Mrs. G's special eggnog kicking in because for some reason she decided to take us. A snifter of that from, dude, from did, the cup. Instantly when she took that sip, were you like, oh, she's drugged? Because I, I did. Well, she basically practically begged him to drink that before she left the right. house. And then she, for some unknown reason, as she's walking by a cup looking for her friends that are missing, she, she just Let stops just to take a swig. <laughs> take a pull off this real fast. Oh, I do have um, a cut of the real Miss Garrett, though, uh, during this, because she said something that was kind of funny. So here. Okay. Your mother was a filthy whore. <laughs> that was pretty raw messed up dude speaking ill of someone else's possibly deceased mom she was not not a nice person at all man no. good voice on her too yeah she did good i mean delivery. you can hear it over the sound clips just yeah. a perfectly um psychotic sound to yeah her. she sounds good girls <laughs> girls girls sound great uh, <laughs> so and, oh and she let her know too that mrs garrett or uh, sorry that uh, rachel's mom was basically buried in the garden Right, she killed she the killed mom because it comes out that that um, I think what the whole the whole story of the movie is that Mrs. Garrett was sleeping with Rachel's dad. Rachel was born a girl. Um, Mrs. Garrett wanted a girl. She got a boy, so she felt like Rachel was the daughter that that she was um, cheated out of, uh, even though she was the one having an affair with the dad or whatever. Basically, she was because uh, Mr. Garrett gave Rachel's mom, I forget her name, Louise. I didn't catch a girl, yeah. which is. We'll talk about it later. Right. Um, basically, when Rachel comes to, she's bound and gagged in a closet, and uh, Jamie's playing with her a little bit, but she's able to kind of slip free at first and close the closet door, um, which I'm saying there's no way her one hand could stop him from opening that door. Yeah, well, it's all right. But I'm fine with it because it was a perfect setup. Because when it opens up again, um, uh, it's Cody, who then quickly gets jumped by Jamie. They tussle. Uh, Cody's knocked to the ground, gets his leg snapped in half or whatever. But the killer unexplainably leaves for some reason, which right. I don't, I didn't understand that. I like, didn't why either. Why would he just leave? You know, he could have finished the job right there. Right. <clears throat> they, they're trying to escape. Of course, now that Cody's got a broken leg, it's a little difficult. So she basically, basically ditches him in the kill closet. Like, see you later. I'm going to try and get out and get help. Yeah, she said, well, she um, said, I won't leave you again. So meaning, I guess she left him when she, she left town originally and left him hanging or something. She even said, like, why did you just leave without saying anything? Right. So, um, so we get some cat and mouse with uh, her sneaking around. Uh, he eventually, the killer eventually catches up with her again. That was a pretty cool scare when she climbs out from underneath the, the bed. I thought so, too. He that was, was really good. He was on top of it. Yeah. Uh, she, she finds back and gives him a crotch rocket, which does nothing right. at all. So we know, you're right, the, the berries are gone. 
Um, hey, here's a fun fact, though. It isn't even the nuts that hurts when you get kicked there. It's the, the nerve clusters at the bottom of your spine down there. So I think if you got kicked even without your nuts, it probably might do some damage. Well, let's uh, tuck yours under and see what happens. Oh, well, I'll have to untuck them to be able to tuck them back under. So get rid of where they're at now. <laughs> That's how I roll every day in case someone tries to kick me. <laughs> So has it ever happened? So that's you could just, test it out? That's just being fully prepared when I leave the house, bro. I just wear a, a full-size cup. Right. That way, I mean, it's much easier just to do that, right? Lynn put a chastity belt on me. It just blocks it all. <clears throat> fully still, like yeah. with a lock and key on it? Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you're quite the catch. Ladies are claiming. Yeah, yeah they're, they're knocking down the door over here, dude. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we need your sperm. Yeah. Anyway, um, she jumps out of a window, which I've always had a hard time with. Because have you ever like jumped off a wall and it was like maybe six foot tall and when you hit like your taint hurts oh yeah dude like the the bottom of your feet or, or ring and up your to your taint, knees like everything was, oh. <laughs> so she jumped from the second floor of the house <laughs> saying there's no way she's not getting a little good taint hey you there. know what though dude i'm thinking if you're getting chased by a psycho with a with an axe you make that jump and, and worry about it later though would you try and roll when you hit too like oh yeah I, dude i I've, I've actually uh in my unnecessary martial arts classes tr- learned how to drop and roll properly from heights from two two story, yeah. you know, the second story of a house. I've made use of it one time, dude. One time in my life. Is that escape and evade class? Yeah, my escape, yes. One time, <laughs> dude, I was in a, um, what concert was it? I think it was the Vandals. It was a punk concert. More of a fun, you know, not like heavy thing. More like a fun punk concert. And some friggin' tough guy monkey runs at me from behind and forearm, double forearms me like to the back of my shoulders. No clue why. It wasn't even like a, you know, I didn't do anything wrong or anything. It, it propelled me so hard forward that I like flew like Charlie Brown. And when I landed, I actually did a full on like tuck my shoulder under to my chest, roll my head down. It was hard. It was at the uh, House of Blues. So it was, you know, hard cement at the bottom. I did a full on like dive roll to escape smashing face first into the floor and it totally worked. And it was uh, instinct, complete ninja instinct, dude. No okay, thought involved. So it, you've totally disregarded what I said. I know jumping from heights. I know what you're saying, but the ba- the basics if, the same. If if you were at the House of Blues and somebody had picked you up and thrown you over the balcony right. and you had done that, I would have been impressed. It's the same Your technique. <laughs> All I'm saying is the technique is solid. It's not the same. <laughs> somebody pushing you forward with momentum and you do a, a shoulder roll is not the same as somebody launching you. From the second floor window and landing with a tuck and roll at the end. You still got to go with the tuck and roll, dude. It ends in the shoulder roll. You got to go with the roll. It's the only way to, to absorb the impact. I'd be interested to hear what people have to say about that because <laughs> that is not the same thing. I appreciate you trying uh, to explain that, but it's not the same. Demonstrate it to you. <laughs> well, you better do it from the top of my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm older now, so we'll do it from like <laughs> oh, no, we'll do it from like a box. Excuses. I want you to get on the roof of my house and jump off and do a tuck and like, roll. When I was and a then hot, I'll shove you really hard in front of my house on the concrete, and you do the same thing and tell me if it's the same. When I was a hot twenty-two-year-old Rachel jumping <laughs> off walls, I, I had the elasticity in the joints to make that happen. Your I don't have that more, today. Your bones were more uh, agile. Yeah. And what is it, bendy? Flexible like a bird's bones. <laughs> your whole body was cartilage. Yeah. Nothing broke. Trust me, dude. The tuck and roll. The roll at the end is the key to absorbing the impact. My stepdad used to train horses, and he would have a, a wild one that didn't want to be sat on, and he'd put me on it, and it would buck me all over the place and be like, why are you doing this to me? He goes, you're younger, your bones mend faster. Oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't give a shit if I broke something. I'd be back in a month. If he broke something, it'd be take him six months. Dude, I have an audio clip of that horse. You fat pig. <laughs> <laughs> you pig. Okay, listen. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to say that this has got to stop at some point. Really, it's two episodes. I can't fight back. There's nothing I can do. Hey, man, you got me with the John Sick, bro. That was top-notch humor, dude. <laughs> top-notch dig, dude. I didn't, say it. I didn't say it for the next, you know, five episodes either, though. It's still echoing, though, dude. It still has reverberation. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll take it. Whatever you got, man. Let's do it. Um, <clears throat> Here, here's what I got. Your son Rip is online toot. That's the best I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Gas X commercial. Why? Why, you said, like, you know, Ben Weber does gas station commercial. Who the fuck is Ben Weber? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> so where did you find that? I don't know. It was just so dumb. <laughs> I was like, I was going to IMDb him. It's like, was that guy in this movie? Why did he send me that? Ben Weber does funny gas station commercial. <laughs> I don't know why, dude. Your son Rip is online toot. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I want to unsubscribe from our chat. I have no excuse for that clip. <laughs> so anyway, um, so she's on the first floor. She unexplainably goes back into Mrs. G's okay. house. I'm glad you said that too because the first time I watched it, I thought I messed up. I thought maybe she ran home. But the second time I watched it, I was I was sure to pay attention to it. And she books through the forest getting chased for like quite a while and ends up right back at the same house that she left. Is that... That's right. Why? Right? Why? I don't understand. Like, where was she running through in the woods? Was it a big Why U-turn? Would, listen, <clears throat> I, I'm a total fan of suspension of disbelief. Um, I'm a, I'm available at any moment to just drop everything and be fully engaged with the movie. <laughs> Why wouldn't she try to go call somebody, go get a weapon, uh, look for help, do anything else besides go right back into Mrs. G's house? And where are these woods, dude? Because didn't that lady live in her neighborhood full of houses? It's like a suburb. Why didn't she just run next door? Fun fact, the movie was filmed, what, San Bernardino in San Francisco? So, yeah. there's plenty of woods out there. But yeah, why wouldn't she that, just that run was, three, That one was a, a Instead of going answer. to her grandma's house, grandma's dead, run like three houses down and maybe talk to uh, the neighbor you haven't spoken to in the last five years and see if they got a phone you can call somebody. Really. I mean, there wasn't even any houses in the shot. It was like a, like you were in, in the Predator, like with Arnold and Carl Weathers running around. In, yeah, right? Yeah weird so um basically she gets plastic sack from the rear by mrs g which i thought maybe was an homage to black christmas maybe right nah but you know still still cool she, she plastic sacks her and then she just starts clubbing her over the head with a uh, metal tin filled with christmas that was funny that was cool dude that was awesome yeah um she even throws a gingerbread house at her head dude it gets vicious that girl fight i mean she's throwing gingerbread houses yeah. dummy limbs are used as weapons it, out it was of fun super fun so, um, at this point, Jamie swoops in to say, basically, his or her mom. I don't know. <laughs> I guess his mom. His, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he basically puts Rachel in a dog cage in the basement where Cody's already secured to a table. So, this is not going to go good. Yeah, and that was funny, too, because um, the dog cage uh, was a, it had the sign timeout on it like you do for a kid. Do you I was put thinking, time out on Michael's? I was thinking, like, are you allowed to put your kid in a kennel for timeout? Is that? I was gonna say, do you put time out on Michael's timeout kennel? Well, I was gonna find out if it's cool because I was gonna start doing it. So absolutely, dude, it's your kid. Sure, whatever. Until you got his Xbox taken away. Yeah, he's done, me. dude. It's, it's out of the house. Yeah. <clears throat> you give it back to Dave too. Huh? I, I mean, it's gone. Like he can't even. Like, Did you take a picture of Dave like accepting it and like putting it in the? Yeah, like two thumbs up, plugging it in. Yeah. <clears throat> like, thanks, I got two of them now. I yeah. can play two at a time. Yeah. That sucks, man. Because you know, but of course, you told me he was like, I don't care. 
he does that to everything now, man. We took away some of his candy the other day. We told because he wasn't eating. I said, "All right, dude, then no candy." And uh, he's like, "I don't want any anyway." I'm like, "All right, then throw it away." He didn't throw away that piece. He went in the cabinet and got all the rest of his Halloween candy and dumped it all out. You're kidding me, nope, right? All of it. Like I'll show you. Yep. He does that to everything now. Like, okay, you can't come to see Santa with us. Uh, oh, I don't like Santa anyway. Fine. He's <laughs> like, whatever. What do you do, little little jerk? <laughs> you probably should just put him in a kennel. That'll probably help. Yeah. I'm trying to laugh it off now, man, because he knows it gets to me, it's so he keeps he keeps it's doing it. You know, yeah. it's like when my daughter turned 13; she don't like me anymore. It took her 13 know. years to figure that out, man. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's <laughs> terrible, that's a terrible thing to say. No, like we were like buds, man. We do all sorts of fun stuff, father and daughter. Now it's like, hey, you want to go see a movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> with you? No. <laughs> sure, I'd love to go see a movie with my friends. Yeah, with mom. <clears throat> no, she don't even like her that much. Oh, that's cool. At least it's equal. <laughs> yeah. It would suck if it was just you. I even told her that, like, ah, she don't like you either. <laughs> but they say around 19 they come back, so I'll just wait patiently. Yeah. Just don't talk um, to her for, like, six years. You'll be good. Yeah, be like, oh, you want what? I'm sorry, my wallet's empty. <laughs> <laughs> suck it. Yeah. So, um, basically, at this point, Jamie... Um, produces exactly what his mom wanted a whole bag of dicks <laughs> that was dude the bag of, the bag of wieners was pretty funny what happens is um when jamie comes to they've got what's what was her boyfriend's name cody I think. cody cody's strapped to a table and you know what are you going to do to him what are you going to do to him and let me out of here it's kind of that pretty cliched you know stuff going on and then uh santa opens up his sack and he's got all the all the severed peni peni and the Peni? Penises? Penises. Penises. He's got all the severed penises in the sack. (laughs) And the dildo. And And, uh, I guess the mom was going to surgically, he he was going to be able to take his pick. She told him, right, that she was going to put it back on to make him whole again. Right, yeah. She was going to fix the problem that she created to begin with. And 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 that did make me chuckle, dude. That bag, I laughed when he opened it. That was funny. He doesn't want that, Wayne. He wants Cody's cock, though. Right. Um, but that's at the point that Miss Garrett realizes that she can't perform the surgery, so she's just got to kill him. Yeah, when when she sends um, Jamie to get the surgical implements, um, she tells Rachel, like, hey, you're the daughter I should have had. You're going to be my daughter. We're going to get rid of him and frame him for all these murders, and we're going to live happily ever after. Exactly. And that's when we also learn that um, Mr. Garrett had impregnated Louise um, Kimmel, Rachel's mom, and so we learn that Rachel is basically Jamie's sister. Right. Brother. Wait, brother. Well. Rachel is Jamie's sister. Yes, she's the sister. He's the brother, correct. Right. <clears throat> so uh, at this point, Mrs. Garrett has to start tying up loose ends, right? So she kills Cody, which I thought was, I mean, basically he was kind of a toolbox anyway, but he did save her he did discover some things that gave her insight into what's going on and he kind of died like a punk yeah i thought so too really quickly really abruptly didn't get much of a scene i could have done a little bit more with that or maybe more creatively right yeah and this wasn't uh jamie doing the killing this is the first time you've seen the mom actually get busy she's a psycho so it's a family trait it's a genetic trait and then she's gonna go uh, kill her son after that right she kills him and now she's gonna go she goes upstairs with the butcher knife she's gonna kill him she throws out a particularly nasty zinger at him um at the end there where he's Basically, you ain't nothing but a dickless man, and there ain't nothing worse than that. Right, yeah, it was pretty rough. Even though she's been sleeping with a dickless doll for how long now? Yeah. It was, it 20 was, years? It was mean. 
And I thought, you know, when she stabbed him, I thought, you know, it wasn't quite this, the scream that the chicks were doing, but I, I thought that his um, reaction was pretty solid, too. Here's what got me with that, Steve, is his wails and moans and stuff, it made me sympathize with him a little bit. Correct. I felt bad for him. He, It was like an animal. Like right. A, lost a bleeding. Animal. Yeah, a bleeding sound. I agree. And I think that was probably meant, I bet you that was um, supposed to be like that because it worked well. Because things are changing in the movie. The tone has changed. Now he is the victim of a uh, an abusive, psychotic parent. Right, right. He's, he's created this monster. I mean, he's definitely the killer throughout the movie, but now you see what he's gone through as well. You know, so you, you got to have some feels. Why he is the way he is, right? Right. So um, I was actually kind of rooting for him to kill her. I agree. I was happy. Same. So um, he... He's been stabbed, but he gets the upper hand. He starts choking her to death, and she's scrambling to grab the knife to attack him some more. And that's when Sis, who's escaped from the kennel downstairs, comes up, knocks the knife away, sits on the couch, and watches him uh, basically choke her to death. And it was really cool, too, because she came in kind of, she's had that change. You know when a character has that change where she's fed up, and uh, she's got the upper hand now, and I thought she did a good job of portraying that. Yep, you don't mess with family, dude. Yep. Um, So... Uh, Mrs. Garrett expires, and my, how things have changed so quickly in the movie. Um, these two, basically, Jamie and Rachel, have an unbreakable bond, um, and they basically now start their new life together. And right. so she takes his mask, throws it outside. You don't ever see his face. It's kind of um, unfocused in the background. Did you pause and try to see it? Because I did. No, I mean, it was unfocused. How could you pause and see anything? I did, like, um, like Star Trek, like, zoom and enhance. I was like... I tried to zoom and in and enhance and shit. <laughs> but you know what? You know what he looked like to me, blurry? I, I was squinting. I'm like, dude, is that Richard Grieco? It kind of looks like Richard Grieco because I hadn't looked through the credits at the first time around. I'm like, mm. okay. and then I looked and it wasn't. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's not. It's uh, Lido Velasco. Right. And that is, yeah, Lido Velasco. Blurry, though, he looks like Richard Grieco. Indeed. I can see that. Yeah. Like a younger, younger one. Mm-hmm. So. That is the end of our But film. there's a little teeny piece at the end. I wasn't sure if you caught or not, and I almost brought it up in the beginning. When when he finally throws the mask down when they're leaving the house, did you notice it landed on the same spot with the two red eyes, the two yeah, red lights? The, the hellish red light right. beaming through the And I thought that was a really good wraparound for the, from a cool effect from the beginning to bring it back to the end. I thought that was really exactly, cool. Exactly, dude. Yeah, I liked yeah it. that was good. Yep. Here, let me get some papers, and we can do some post-show stuff. How about that? Sounds excellent, man. I had a really good time with this one. I did too. It, it was. It wasn't like you know. I I I had to rush and tell my buddies to go see it. Uh, but it was just fun. It was something I could sit down and watch again, no problem. Um, a popcorn, fun. Had some sexy time. Had some killing. Had some good effects. It was just a just a good fun movie. Somebody asked me for a holiday themed slasher film. This is the one I'm gonna get. There you go. Yeah, that's it. I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. All right, start with the good news. I'm going to say the pacing with the clues moving the story forward were just right for me, man. Yeah, there was no filler, and it didn't drag. Yeah. No, and it really brought the blood, which is excellent. Yep. I had two things I really liked. The first thing I really liked was the whole setup of the mannequins, because that really set a tone for that house for me. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, um, Yeah, and the second thing, probably the most important, was that all the effects were practical. All the makeup was you know, was real, and I appreciated and I enjoyed that. I thought that, that really um, that works for me. That always works for me. Even if they're done haphazardly, if they are real practical effects, I appreciate them more than any amazing-looking CGI effect. Agreed. Yes. Good. Even right. though I know they're just as hard to pull off, 
I just I appreciate practical more, right? Because it's done in camera. So I mean, the, the CGI I like is where um, I didn't even know they had CGI in it, right? It needs to be that yeah. subtle for me to really enjoy it. And at that point, I'm enjoying it, but I don't even know that I'm enjoying it. That's the problem, right. you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, bad news. I'm being nitpicky here, uh, but most of the characters' actions were nonsensical. They made no sense. Sure. I mean, it fits for this type of movie. It's what you. It's what you get out of the yeah, girl they, falling down I'm and totally everything. Totally being nitpicky right. here, but. Like when she would run back into the house, I was like, what are you doing? Right, right. Classic horror movie shit. Yeah, um, it's funny you say that too, man, because I even wrote this down. I had a hard time coming up with a bad one. Um, this is probably you know, the hardest one. I, I even prefaced it by I'm being nitpicky. Right, same thing. So for me, I it took me a while. I, this was the very last note I filled in. I kept saving it for the end. Like, dude, I got to come up with something because this isn't like the best movie I've ever seen in my life and I can't find anything wrong with it. But if I had to pick, I'd say the, cats, the cat jump scare. That one to me is it's been overdone in a million yeah. different ways. And I, I just hate hearing that stupid cat meow loud to make me jump. I, it doesn't work for me. Well, That's a personal show thing. Too, that, like the people who made this had heart. They kind of knew, um, they came, came into this one trying to bring it all. Um, that's why it was so hard to find something because you could see that they enjoyed what they were doing. And it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, schlock star rating. I'm going to give it nine days of dreadful, dreadfulness out of 12, uh, it's a straightforward slasher flick that has a high production value, um, great blood splatter effects, and a memorable killer um, with a nice little twist at the end. Good. That's nice. Did you get a budget on this? I couldn't find one. <clears throat> Could not find one. Okay. I looked. I was curious. Um, for me, I'm going to give it eight holiday hotties, and I'm including one of the undressed mannequins in that number. So if you go through and count them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <dude. laughs> Did you get a life lesson learned? Uh, never allow your sex partner to tie you up and then leave the room for any reason ever. Dude. Ever. So you had a nine out of on a schlock rating. I had an eight. Um, my life lesson is: if you have sex, you will be murdered. So I'm, I think I'm right there with yeah, you. Yeah, or that. do drugs, or uh, you know, commit any crimes, or, or any try other. to retire from your job a day, you know, in a day, or any of that yeah. stuff. Or well, show tomorrow. Well, show show your army buddies a picture of your girlfriend or family. Um, those type <laughs> of things don't work. Schlocker not protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. All right, give it to me. Thank you very much, Jeff and Christine, for that. Thanks, Jeff um, Christine. Would a boner still be bony after it's been whacked off? I would guess until the blood seeped out, would you think? It, as soon as you cut it, all the blood drains out of it. Okay, so, so then I'd say no. bony? Because right. it looked pretty erect. It, it did have a, um, a stiff it, quality, <laughs> right? <laughs> you also got a little of the... <laughs> Bad timing. All right. Uh, what's your safe word? Pineapple. Dude, it needs to be something you don't say every day, like sassafras or some bullshit like that. It can't be you pineapple. You say pineapple every single day? I bet you you're more likely to say pineapple than sassafras. I'm not going to say pineapple during sex. Okay. So that's my safe I got that from that episode of uh, Jay Leno where that dude was on there um, doing like, he was with, uh, what's the guy who got killed by the jellyfish or stingray? Or oh, uh, Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Yeah. He's got him on the show. He's like a, a correspondent from Jay Leno. And he's like, what's my safe word? And he's like, okay, let's just say your safe word is pineapple. If you feel uncomfortable, say pineapple. And as soon as, like, literally 10 seconds later, he puts a spider in his hand. He's like, pineapple. pineapple, pineapple. <laughs> it's like immediately. I'll send you the video. It's hilarious. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> I think mine would have to be a phrase like, I'll have another breadstick or some other shit I'd never say. Like, no more gluten, please. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh, boy, that's you. Go ahead. Um, can you figure out any way... 
that you could shove a machete through a bed mattress from underneath it at all. A real mattress? I think it's impossible. Well, think about it. You're under the bed. What yeah. is there, like 12 inches maybe? Well, I mean, is there a box spring involved? Then it would be like 24 I'm inches. not even talking about that. I'm talking about the logistics of taking the machete and shoving it upwards through the mattress when the machete is longer than the distance between the bottom of the mattress and the floor. Yeah, no, nah, I think that's probably a no-go. That's phys- phys- the physics there. I mean, even shoving it down through someone's skull would probably be pretty friggin' tough to get through that bone, wouldn't it? I'm thinking like once you get in there too, it'd be hard to get out. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I would just love to see a movie like, you know, somebody's got a machete and they're trying to shove it up and like it's, they can't get it. They're just digging, like digging with it. <laughs> well, not like they're like shoving it at an angle, but I mean like the, the handle keeps getting stuck on the floor because there's not enough distance between <laughs> yeah, the... Oh, that's true. <clears throat> you wouldn't even fun. have any room down there to like really that's what I'm saying. get behind like, it. The machete's 24 inches long and the <laughs> distance between the bottom of the mattress and the floor is 12 inches. Hey man, good so call. It's like you could even like get it in an upward motion. Yeah. But like you said earlier, I, I will gladly suspend that. Uh, I'll let that. I'll get, let it happen all day. Yeah. All day. I just quick observation. Out yeah. there. All right. Well, I have a quick observation too. Um, is it just me or did this movie have more wiener chopping than your average holiday movie? Oh, it's just you. <laughs> no, it's a, no, absolutely it did. But that's part of the charm. I did not expect that from a Christmas movie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> not at all, dude. Pretty good. Like guys, got a Christmas theme movie with a lot of dicks land. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good. Um, which appendage would you have chosen and explain your answer? Appendage to get chopped off? No, which dick would you have chosen? Oh. To get off? <laughs> the big pink one, dude. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the, the that one obviously can go for, you know, as long as possible, dude. I take the black one because it's bigger. <laughs> bigger than the big pink vibrator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It did have that girth. It had that heft to it when yeah, it fell. You, you, you want feeling too, right? So you think you maybe get a little feeling back. I don't care about that, dude. I don't know shit. <laughs> I got I got my kids. I'm too old for that shit. I don't care about that. That just adds to adds to trouble. That's all that is. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. What's the difference between snowmen and snow women? God, they're snowballs. What's the difference between snowmen and snow women? Okay, no, really. What's the difference? I'll see you, Tommy. It's snowballs. You see how you like you did what the guy did there too. Like you almost didn't want to answer. You're trying to get away from the joke. I <laughs> rolled my eyes. You could probably hear it. Right. Like, <laughs> That's why I did it. Good job, man. All right. Would you rather? Um, I feel this is rather derivative. Like I've almost done it before. So let me know if I have. Okay. Would you rather? Would you rather give or receive presents on Christmas? Uh, give easily. Okay. <laughs> And in any other instance, you're asking it's give, <laughs> not receive. <laughs> oh, no. Just a regular old platonic Christmas okay. question. All right. Well, Have either... I done that one before? I don't think so. No. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. This is a good, dude, because this, somehow we wrapped this around perfectly. Fuck me. Would you? No, no, no. It's different. Okay. Would you rather live in a house full of mannequins, which you already told me you don't like, mm-hmm. or a house full of cats? Cats. Really? Even though, yeah. Dude, I, I've talked about my recurring dream as a child about the mannequin, headless mannequin playing basketball with me. No, I don't believe so. Dude, that was one of my recurring dreams as a child. Nightmares, I should say, not a dream. I had a recurring nightmare. I had a little basketball go in my bedroom, right? A little plastic ball or whatever. And I would go in my bedroom, and there would be a headless, armless female mannequin with pantyhose up to her waist who would play basketball with me, but almost like a, attack me while we played basketball in my bedroom. And it would freak me out every single time I would have that dream. So I do not like mannequins in any um, way, shape, or form outside of a, a mall. 
or a shopping wow, site. Wow, dude, see, I kind of dig mannequins. I would easily take the mannequins over the cats. We found one finally yeah, that that, that I... Uh... Dude, but cats... Dude, I had a buddy that had a ton of cats when I was a kid, dude. Like 10 cats. Dude, that house reeked of cat piss 24-7, dude. I couldn't even be in there. Oh, yeah. Like, like his clothes even reeked of cat piss. It would suck, but... I think I'd line my mannequins up and like dress them up and high five them and shit when I came in, like to be my homies. Like I, I could get along. With that, I was just—I don't like you know like thinking of waking up in the middle of the night and looking over and there was a, a human-shaped form above my bed or whatever. I would hate it. All right, fine. I'm, I'm glad we disagree on that. At least one thing here. That's good. Cool, man. All right, schlock or not? Wait, wait, this wait! I got my drum roll. My drum roll. <laughs> All right, schlock. <laughs> Or not. Listen, my laughter is not uh, <laughs> consent. I do not like that. Oh, yeah? Then why you laugh every time? Because it automatically implies that everything is schlock. No way, dude. It just makes me if laugh. You did like, if you did like the drum roll and um, something regal or something. Fanfare. Automatically, like some fanfare. Yes. Yeah. But the fart automatically, I do not like that. So See, can we take the, that out of the The show? drum roll is, is the regal part, the not schlock. The fart is the schlock. It's both in one. (laughs) Okay. Company meeting after the show. Um, I want to say this movie is not schlock at all, uh, but it's a well-crafted killer flick with a holiday backdrop. Um, You should peep this one out this season. You'll be happy you did, man, for sure. I totally agree. I went with not also. It took me a minute. You know, I kind of had to soul search for a second, and I went with not. I think it's just a fun little slasher. It's it's just a good time. It's not schlocky at all. I mean... It sounds schlocky on the surface, right? But the elements are there. Well. But it's just, it's just, um, it's executed very well. well. Yeah, very yeah, well. Absolutely. Ah, I'm glad you thought so too, man. Okay, uh, give me a doc flick pick. Um, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Nice, dude. Yes. S. Craig Zoller's follow up to Bone Tomahawk, starring Vince Vaughn, like you've never seen him before, and uh, Jennifer Carpenter. I cannot wait to see that, dude. It's on my list, it's, and I'm looking it's forward. It's exploitative. To it. It's uh, filled with um, bone crushing violence. Uh, when I say that, it's like realistic violence, and so when somebody gets punched, you feel it. Right. It's not like a you know, a, um, shitty action movie made with you know a PG thirteen feel to it. It's right. when violence happens, it's it's um, shocking. Cool, man. And it's Look got a really cool story. And like I said, you've never seen Vince. Have you seen it yet? No, I can't wait, dude. <clears throat> yeah, you should check it out. Yeah. Oh, I totally will. Don't worry about that. Cool, man. I've done pretty good. I write down your flick picks, and I've I've watched easily half of them, maybe seventy five percent of them. So. I think I've seen one of yours. So. Was it uh, Chips? Was it Chips? No. Damn it. (laughs) Fuck that movie. All right. Sorry. That just changed me to a whole different person. (laughs) Poor Chips. All right. Um, For me, I watched with my kid the other day, 1974's The Year Without a Santa Claus, and that is also streaming on Amazon Prime. I have never seen that one. That sounds fascinating. Dude, Rankin and Bass, Stop Motion. It stars Shirley Booth and Mickey Rooney. Dude, it is killer, dude. I have seen that one. That's kind of like the one I always mistake for... um, for uh, Rudolph, the Baby New Year one, because they have a couple. There's one with Similarly the island, the Isle of Misfit Toys. There's a couple different I've, ones. Yeah, I've got that like Rankin Bass holiday uh, box set. Just send me a, a trailer for that. I will. If, if I remember it, the Mickey Rooney Snowman, right? If this rings a bell, dude, it's the one that's got Heat Miser and Snow Miser. It's like Father yes. Time. Yes, dude. Oh, that's a great one, man. Good Streaming call, group, man. Amazon Prime, bro. It's, that's, right there. it's on Amazon Prime. Yep, that's where I saw it. Right after I watched this, I watched that with my kid. Awesome. Can't wait. Thank yep. you for that. You got it. That's bud. a gift. Good. And uh, to, next up, now this is not set in stone yet because we did get our Blu ray player. Thank you. Thanks to our Patreons. We have a Blu ray player. 
I have not got the record the uh, software to play it yet. But if I do get it, we're planning on starting the year off next year or the 2018 with uh, Blade Runner, which Doc has not seen before, and I haven't seen in a million years. Um, with a twist, though, we're doing something different, though. A little twist. Should we don't say it? Or, okay. No, um, I don't know. Okay, so th- it, that might not happen if I don't get the Blu-ray thing going because I have the movie on Blu-ray. So if we change it, we'll post it on Twitter or Facebook if you're really that interested in what we're doing next. Or if we change it, follow us there and we'll post it. Um, I do have a mission statement as well. Oh, is that, are we almost there? Okay, let me do a couple things and you can do the mission statement. I'll do my stuff. Go for it because I got um, thanks and mission statements as well. Oh, dude, I got a call in the schlock line to play. How about that? I uh, heard about that. About I can't this. wait. Here we go. Oh, my God. Let me get the soundboard back. I could have done my mission statement already. Jesus Christ, dude. Want yes. me to do the mission do, statement? Do your mission statement. I'll be ready when you're done. Okay, this is a mission statement submitted by our buddies over at uh, MFF Horror Corner, which stands for Movies, Films, and Flicks. This is John. Um, Schlockernauts are our friends traveling with us to the edge of the cinematic universe in a rocket ship fueled by after-midnight drumsticks and the slimy cocoon husks of freshly emerged gremlins. Great, dude. Good one, man. That's excellent. Perfect for Christmas, perfect for cult, perfect for horror. Thank you very much for that, John, at MFF Horror Corner. Perfect for Doc's midnight, midnight snack, too, and drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he knows you. All right, let me see if I can make this work. Okay, soundboard up. Here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, this is the first time I actually heard one of your podcasts, and it was uh, for Breaking 2, which I love. So thank you. Um, I just wanted to point out that you guys kind of missed something that I was waiting for you guys to mention, which was that Tony Basil, the one-hit wonder for Mickey, uh, co-choreographed a lot of the, uh, the the dancing for part one and two. Uh, and she's also a Las Vegas native. You know, she went to Las Vegas uh, uh, high school, and she graduated in, like, 1961. That was a long time ago. But, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I just was waiting for that uh, for that little info to be put in there. But it's okay because I enjoyed it. So, yeah. All right. Have a great night and uh, happy holidays. Super oh cool. God. Super cool. That is? No, that was one of the things I was going to say is like, hey, if you're going to do that, give me a name or some contact info because I want to give you credit or at least a shout out, man. So if, if you call, leave me something, you know. That is one of my bestest friends of all time, Myra. Oh, man, let me write this down. And we used to talk for hours about movies, and she's extremely knowledgeable. And we got to have her on the show at some point, and I miss her dearly. And hopefully we can get together, and I can introduce you to her soon. I haven't seen her in forever. But hopefully she keeps calling in, and hopefully I can get her on the show, and hopefully I can hang out with her. Because that was awesome. We actually all are a lot smarter having just heard that phone call. I had no idea about that. Did yes. you? And now I have, no, I didn't. And now I have the name Myra, so I can put right here in my notes. Thank you, Myra, for the information. Thank you for the call. And anybody else, feel free to do the same. And uh, I-, I love that, dude. Any type that of. That was um, awesome because it was informative and it was fun and it was nice, just like we, we've talked about. That's what we're here for. Yes. Building a strong community. More of that, dude, is what I'm looking for. Thank That's you, perfect. Myra. Miss you. Okay. And then you do a mission statement. I'll play us out. Already did the mission statement. Oh, you're right. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. Tell us who the music is and give their contact info, and I'll play no, that out. Sorry. I'm going to give my thanks, which includes all of that. Okay. 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 Um, I want to thank our persistent Patreon supporters, our Feliz Navidad followers, at and Twitter friends at Drive In Wacky, at Movies, Films, and Flicks, at Mania Movie. Extra special thanks to um, at Through Underscore House, 
at Jessica Camera for the behind the scenes info, and at Pub Two Graveyard for the new outro song that we're playing today. Look for their new album at the beginning of uh, sometime next year. Thank you guys very much for the uh, recommendal and the song. Yep. This is a, um, um, I don't even know. I wouldn't call it a parody. It's a play on a popular song that everybody knows, but they've got their own little special spin on it. Right. I believe the name of this one is Dancing to the Crocodile Rot. Is that correct? Indeed. Okay, great. Uh, you can contact us at schlockernot at gmail.com. Uh, all the information's on the website. I'll play us a little Patreon promo from Sledge, and I'll play us out with the song. Hey, King Sledge the Voice here. Patreon supporter number one. That's right. I got the crown because I was the first Patreon supporter. Why? Because I got value out of the show. And if you get a little value out of the show and want to give a little value back, you can support for as little as $1 a month on Patreon. You can follow the link at steve52.com. The show is completely funded by our Patreons, and every cent goes straight back into making this show. Excellent. Thank you for that, Sledge. Uh, if you want to call and leave us something like Myra did, the Schlock line is 209-STEVE-52. Doc, thanks for this one. That was fun. Uh, I had a good time. Thank and, you, Steve. Thank you, King Sledge. It was awesome. We'll see everybody else uh, after, after the new year. See you next year, gang.